itches a little bit. Nights up in the crotch every once in a while. Happy New Year and welcome to Radiovania's 2023 in review. The best of, the worst of, everything in between. This is Radiovania, your nerdy public radio for all things entertainment and pop culture. My name is Zach Rotello, at Zach Rotello on Twitter, and sitting across from me is uh, Baby New Year, John Swansong Parker. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's me, Baby New Year. <laughs> Isn't that, is that Roger Rabbit? It's Baby New Year. <laughs> yeah. Some type of baby. You wear in the sash, you got the 2023, cut it off into 2024, new bio yeah. baby. I think that I think it's supposed to be like an analogy for how we are born again in the new year, you know? Yeah, I guess so. And in the spirit I wish of, there would be Daredevil born again in the new year. <laughs> <laughs> in the spirit of us being born again in the new year, we're doing this show in the fucking daylight and we're not drinking. At, well, nope. we're drinking, but we're not drinking alcohol. So yeah. If you're a fan of the pods where we get kind of sloppy, it just turned the shit off. Right Cal's now. not going to listen battle. anymore. I know. I <laughs> one time, one time we said we weren't drinking and he stopped listening to it. So sorry, Cal, but uh, tune well, in for, next time. For everybody that enjoys that content, I think you'll still enjoy this content because John and I are going to look back and kind of uh, re relive 2023. All of the movies, great, the television. Great fucking year. Great it was year. a great, pretty great fucking year. Yeah, I, so, had, a, I had a hard time narrowing things down and i also just had a good time looking back at a everything that came out and b all the fun social events around these things that i was able to to experience with my my loved ones definitely yeah i mean without further ado i mean well radiovania go to radiovania.com check us out at radiovania radiovania show gmail.com check out the batman podcast feed we've been doing radio vision our set a guest yeah, so Mark. by the time this episode is live, that episode will be live because that'll be going live, I think, tomorrow morning or Tuesday morning. I need to figure that out. But um, we had an episode with Mark on who was helping us review some episodes of Batman, the animated series. So check those yep. episodes out. They're fan really favorite, fun. favorite, Harley and Ivy. One check of the fan favorite episodes, yeah. So check that shit out. Um, also, what else is there? YouTube, go to YouTube and follow some of our videos if you'd like to. Search Radiovania there. And yeah. uh yeah, keep on keep on keeping on. We're, we're here. <laughs> it's gonna be great. 2024 is gonna be a great year for the pod and great year for us, I think. And so yeah, big but, busy year coming up for the two of us for sure. Definitely content wise, we'll talk about that a little later on, but we will talk about that later on. Um, but yeah, 2023 as a year. I mean, this episode, so um what we're gonna do is we this show we typically talk about like movies and tv and you know john and i we review latest movies we still haven't reviewed aquaman don't know when that's happening i still gotta go watch that i thing. saw it i, I mean know. i'm I ready whenever I'm you are <laughs> In, I, instead of going to see aquaman i opted to go see some other movies which we'll that's talk good about. i hope you saw a specific movie but i guess i'll find out here in a little while yes you will um but yeah so uh, keep on, you know, checking out for that, but what, you know, it's movies, podcasts, television, music, it's whatever we want to talk about football, John, you can have it here, have 30, 60 seconds to talk about how bad the, the Bengals are and how great the Browns are. I mean, the, the Bengals aren't that bad. They've had a really tough year with injuries, but the Browns have had more injuries and are still better. So therefore the Browns greater than the Bengals just this year. Um, is this the year? Congrats, is it, is on, congrats on the division is, year. Is Sorry? it happening? Is it happening? Flacco. I can't Super say Bowl. that. I, I would get kicked out of Cleveland. I can't say. I think you said that at New Year's and Grayson said, how fucking dare you? How fucking <laughs> dare you? <laughs> so, yeah, it's bad luck to talk about the future. I just hope okay. for a playoff win. That's what I hope for. That would be cool. And they're going to announce the playoff schedule like 
tomorrow typically right yeah i mean by the end of end of football this week they will have all the division winners and wild cards set so we will find out who the browns play tomorrow looking like it might be the kansas city chiefs or the afc south division winner i hope you guys play the chiefs because i think you could absolutely take them to pound town yeah it'd be a revenge game too i'm pretty sure pat mahomes won on some bullshit penalty like he always does back in 2019 i think was the last time the browns went there Yeah. yeah so we'll see but yeah, big game tonight. Uh, Bills Dolphins. I think that the that bill has- the the fucking if the Bills win, they're in. But if they don't win, and like a couple other things happen, they miss the playoffs entirely. Which yep. is just like what a what a struck of bad luck. Terrible year, man. <laughs> because it's- all the other AFC division teams or other AFC divisions are stronger than the yeah. AFC East. So the Bills, if they don't win that division, it just like drops them below like three other teams absolutely crazy it's pretty wild yeah absolutely crazy but yeah so um congratulations on the browns uh i'm excited to see playoffs games if uh there is Are you joining a the wagon you getting on the wagon with me yeah i'm rooting for the browns because fuck the steelers and fuck the fuck, ravens yeah, dude, absolutely fuck, fuck yeah. the ravens into oblivion so i i would love to see the browns go all the way this year i think that'd be awesome i think that'd be really great great for the state great for content it's gonna be yeah. awesome. All the and, Joe uh, Flacco memes, just keep those coming. Uh, Mika- uh, not Mikasa Sukasa. What am I trying to say here? Uh, in the in the spirit, I I don't know what I'm trying to say, but um, I w- if the Browns play a playoff game in Cleveland or whatever, you I'll be there. All right, man. I'll see you then. Try my best. So yeah. So what we're gonna do? They'll host here- the wild card game. That's they're, awesome. they're eleven and six now. So. Whatever division winner, whether it's the Chiefs or the AFC South, they would still have a better record, which means they would host, I'm pretty sure. That would be awesome. Or maybe maybe it's this, the round after as they host. I can't remember. But there should be one in the city. Regardless, we should try to watch them together. That'd be awesome. Go over to the rushers, hang out with Blitzen. That'd Hell be a yeah. fun time. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, all right, cool. So 2023 in review coming up. But first, we got to rip through some stories um, because we got to do a little bit of news because the next time we do one of these number episodes might be a couple weeks or two or three weeks or whatever because we got some radio vision to do. We got other stuff going on. Yeah, you know the drill. So we're going to take a trip to the first 2024 news flashpoint. Um, the first thing we're going to start off with is a bit of sad news, but I feel like it's I usually do this, but we I know. always do this. <laughs> but it's better to do it right off the bat so that we can acknowledge sure. it and then we can yeah. move past it. And, uh, you know, focus on the positive stuff. But uh, Tom Wilkinson had passed away. Um, yeah. Pretty influential actor. Character actor. Uh, two-time Oscar nominated. He uh, he passed away. He was 75 years old. Um, but, uh, you know, he's been in many, many famous movies. Uh, Girl yeah. with a Pearl Earring. Google, you Google him and you'll be like, it's that guy. Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, this dude has been all over the map. I mean, but but most pertinently for our show recently, yeah. um, he was the voice of of uh, Carmine Falcone. No, he was Carmine. He Falcone. was Carmine Falcone in Batman Begins. In Batman Begins, he's the one that in Batman Begins where he's trying to load the shotgun in the car, and he's like, "Yeah, what the hell are you?" And yeah, then yeah, Christian yeah, yeah. Bale's like, "I'm Batman," and yeah. then they picks hang him up. Him he puts the, him on the uh, the, spotlight. On the spotlight. Yeah. yeah. Amazing scene. Good movie. Amazing. He's got a great line in that where he goes like, you're Bruce Wayne, the Prince of Gotham. You'd have to travel like 5,000 miles to find somebody that doesn't know your name. <laughs> it's good shit. Batman yeah. Begins. What a great film. Great movie. A great character actor. Um, you know, definitely a, a prestigious career. So um, 
RIP to Tom Wilkinson. Um, but we wanted to make sure that we got that one yeah. in. That was that broke like the other night, right? It was like or it was like right after we reviewed uh Batman the Animated series. recently. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to point out a movie. I don't know if you've seen this movie or not. Have you ever seen a movie called The Debt? No. Okay. He's in the debt. The Debt is a movie. It's two timelines. Great cast. Jessica Chastain, Helen Mirren, Tom Wilkinson, Sam Worthington, Kieran Hines. It's like an Israeli spy movie that takes place in two timelines where they're like these three Israeli special ops people that kidnap a former Nazi and they're holding him and they're trying to take him back to Israel for war crime trials and they have to escape like a part of Germany or something like that. Really okay. good movie, but he's, Sounds cool. he's in it a little bit. Um and like I was trying to think of other non Batman Begins movies that I had seen him in, and I was looking through his list, and I was like, totally forgot about that movie. It's worth a watch. It's not great, but it's fun. Like it's okay. a, it was also came out in like 2011, which was like peak Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, and oh man, Born Legacy, like all these like spy thrillers before the superhero genre really took over. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh... You know, Radiovania, as always, stamp of legendary legacy. Plop that yeah, one right on top of So, um, what but, can we do in lieu of a walk of fame? That's a great question. I mean, the walk of fame, like a, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something related to the, to our show specifically, or it could be like, like yeah. the beer and beer mug of beer mug of excellence or something like that i, I was thinking know. yeah like some type of superlative award where it's yeah. like the tom wilkinson best character actor award goes <laughs> to like you know stuff like that that's good yeah <laughs> yeah we we would have to come up with a lot of awards but anyway yeah definitely stamp of approval at least yeah. well we do the uh when, maybe uh, a physical stamp would be cool we like uh, psh, yeah. stamp stuff um when we do the uh, the the Oscars, the true Oscars, like the five years after the Oscars, the real show, Oscars, the real Oscars, yeah. which I think is a funny idea. Like every year when the Oscars come around, we know review those Oscars. Maybe we review the Oscars. We should do that this five year because then we this if we did it starting this year as a tradition, where like in late January you and I do yeah. five year retroactive Oscars, we'd be doing 2019 this year, which oh, would be awesome. Good year, good year, good year to start. <laughs> Once upon a time in Hollywood, End Game, yeah. Yeah, little known startup called the Rise of Skywalker <laughs> startup. <laughs> oh man! All right, moving on. We got uh, big merger news actually that broke uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav has met with Paramount Global CEO Bob Backish on Tuesday in New York to discuss a possible merger. So Warner Brothers Discovery and Paramount could be set to merge. Um, Warner Brothers Discovery's market value is around $29 billion, while Paramount's is just sitting over $10 billion. So any merger would not be of equals. Um, the duo discussed ways their companies could complement each other. For example, each company's mainstreaming service, Paramount Plus and Max, could pop up ads, thank you so much, could merge to better rival Netflix and Disney Plus. Uh, it's unclear whether Warner Brothers Discovery would buy Paramount Global or its parent company, company National Amusements, which I was not aware of. That was a parent company Never for them, but... Um, yeah, so this is, this is potentially pretty big. I was trying to find like a list of like, so what, you know, Warner brothers would own had they, if they acquired Paramount. So it's like Paramount properties, we've got 
fucking Star Trek is on there. Yeah, Paramount Paramount has Star Trek, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Yellowstone universe. Um Indiana Jones. Pretty much anything Taylor no, Sheridan like does. And then what else? Paramount also has like the Brady Bunch. I'm trying to think things that are on Paramount Plus. Oh, Top Gun. So Top Gun okay. and um the Mission Impossible movies, I believe, are Paramount as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, but kind of a big deal. I mean, this is not necessarily... I think it's a fucking coward's way to admit that you don't know how to make money with movies anymore besides Barbie. And so you're just going to buy more companies to feel good about yourself. Mm. That's when I that, that's my message to Mr. David Zaslov. Say, Zaslov, come on the pod anytime you want. We'd love to have you. I have a lot of questions about Batgirl and why that movie was canned <laughs> instead of Aquaman 2. But, you know, we'll see. Um. Another big thing about this merger is that CBS News, which is, I believe, a Paramount production or something like that, CBS News would be combined with CNN to create a global news powerhouse. Uh, NCIS Criminal Minds could be combined investigation with Discovery and True TV. Um, so I will there's say, like having news CSI, that in- CSI Gotham. Let's do that. <laughs> That'd be cool. I don't know if that's immediately what that means, but I like where your head's at. <laughs> right? It's like a Gotham GCPD cop procedural in a couple years starring sure. Harvey Bullock and, and Renee Montoya. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Um, but again, like we, could, that, we yeah. could write that show. We could definitely right? write that show. Yeah. I mean, you could write that show. I think you have written that show in your dreams. I think maybe. Yeah. It's possible. Mm. But it's the, uh, I mean, we've chronicled this over the last decade. It feels like it's just like these companies broadening out the streaming service wars. Like there's not enough energy out there in the world for all of these streaming services to exist. So what are we yeah. doing now? We're buying up other properties. And then you kind of said it, it's like, the, the Warner Brothers has all this money, and they're like, they "All right, absolutely well, absolutely took a bath on like four DC movies this year." <laughs> that's a good point, though. They did lose a lot of money on DC properties this year, so because they they felt like they had to release them. I don't know why, but yeah, but it makes you wonder how bad that Batgirl movie would have been. I bet it was atrocious. I hate to say it, but it's hard it to atrocious. believe though compared to Shazam: Fury of the Gods and the Lost Kingdom. Well, I don't know. I still haven't seen Blue Beetle, but I bet you it's on par if maybe a little bit worse than Blue Beetle. See, I heard Blue Beetle was easily the second best DC movie this year. Easily. It's on Max. I I just have every time I load up Max, I see it's like Blue Beetle. Watch now. And I'm like, I'm actually like I'm consuming. I'm consuming new content than Zach wants me to consume instead of watching that. So I feel like I get a pass. Definitely get a pass. We don't need them. I don't want to watch that. (laughs) And I just, I, it's two hours long. I can't wait I for can't. that blue beetle actor to show up in like peacemaker season two though. And they just have like a hilarious episode of television about him. They murk him right away. <laughs> that would be interesting. I don't think they would, but <laughs> it just shows up. But given the box like, office, I don't think we're getting blue beetle Two electric boogaloo. So I don't think that's no, happening. he'll be in, he'll be in like some iteration of the justice league or something. Cameo and legacy. Or t- Teen Titans, yeah, yeah, maybe it might be in Legacy. It seems uh, everyone else is so. But again, streaming is just becoming cable. We've said it yep. a thousand times. It's just you know streaming services caught. We're about to talk again about Amazon, inc- including an ad tier. But it's like these streaming services are just like now we're merging. It's like oh my god, I I don't know. We'll see. There's like we'll weird. See what 
Yeah, streaming's weird. You're right. It is definitely like cable. The thing that it's I find fascinating is there's like five streaming services and there's still certain movies that you have to buy. You know what I mean? Like I went to watch Die Hard this year, not on any streaming service. So I just bought it on v- on Vudu for 10 bucks. I was like, that's the easiest $10 you've ever spent. But like really weird that that's not streaming on one of the major platforms, you know? Yeah. So I use a website called Just Watch. Have you ever heard of this? Are you a pirate? No. So just watch. Well, are maybe. <laughs> hey, I've sailed the high seas in my time. Don't get me wrong. Um, the pirate bay, though. Oh, yeah. Good old days, man. Um, no, just watch is an app that I recommend everybody download in a website. That's a very frequent web. Like, I mean, I mean, I might use this website once a day, if not a couple times a week. It's a streaming guide where you can type in a movie and it'll tell you all of the streaming services that it's available on, as well as how much it costs on each one of those services. So whenever I want to watch a movie that's not available on, like, I know it's not on Netflix or Max or whatever, I'll search Die Hard on here and it shows me all the places that it's available to stream for free, where you can rent it and where you can buy it. And right now, if you want to stream Die Hard, you can get a Fubo TV subscription. You can get an AMC Apple Plus subscription, an AMC Plus Amazon subscription, an AMC Plus subscription, a DirecTV subscription, or an AMC subscription. Um, if you want to rent Die Hard, you can rent it for $3.79 on Amazon, or you can rent it for $4 on Apple. Or if you want to buy it, you can buy it for $14.99 on every stream, every platform except Vudu, which is $19.99. <laughs> I got it for $10 when I bought it. I was like, go. I was like, done deal. Good deal. 4K, send it. Fucking good deal. I don't right know what there. a DVD dinner feels like. <laughs> but yeah, I recommend everyone check that website out. It's a super useful tool just to figure out, you know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't like spending money on like, I, I like owning movies digitally. It's fine. Like I'm glad that I get to have them and watch them and know that I have them without having sure. to subscribe to something, but yeah. still paying $15. Like what, how much did I pay the other night to, for us to watch Sinister? Was that $10. $10 to, to, yeah. to, to own Sinister? You own it. You yeah. Me? Now you just have it. <laughs> now and I it doesn't matter it. if it gets taken off the streaming service. You'll always have that. Unless that website decides to pull it from their library, which has been happening recently. But so. Voodoo can't do that, which is why at least owning it digitally kind of like locked in to be able to watch it, you know. If Voodoo dis- Voodoo can do that. If 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 you purchase a digital movie on Voodoo and Voodoo no longer lists it or there's some deal where they don't want it listed through Voodoo, there's fine print in the terms and service that say you will no longer have access to that content. That's stupid. It is very rare, but I don't know if you saw recently, we didn't talk about it on the show, but there was a whole curb fuffle with discovery content on playstation they just decided uh, you can't download this anymore because of a licensing agreement so anybody that bought discovery content on playstation couldn't download it so anything they like literally seasons of television shows movies that they bought on the discovery app for playstation 5 and 4 they they do not have access to that content anymore that's wild that's like when they did the comicsology rebrand yeah yeah so buying digital physical media rules go physical get, go media. buy things <laughs> digital digital media is very convenient and nice and i do buy it all the time but like I, there's a part of me that just knows it's like well if one day voodoo decides it's like going bankrupt and it's like i might just lose access if, to if voodoo goes under and we can't use it anymore how are we gonna watch forgetting sarah marshall i don't know <laughs> we're just gonna have to buy the dvd inside of you all right inside of you 
Uh, speaking of streaming, uh, Prime Video is launching ads on January 29th. So this broke uh, December 26th, the day after Christmas. <laughs> Amazon was like, Merry Christmas, everybody. You're going to pay for pay more. But uh, yeah, so Prime Video, again, I want to remind everybody, Jeff Bezos, one of the richest people in the world, literally makes more money than you or I will ever make in our entire lives times about 20. Um, yeah. He is, uh, they're adding ads to, He's to Prime out. Video. Yeah. So... Uh, there was an email sent out to Prime members on the 26th that said, "Hey, dear Prime members, we're writing to to we're writing to you today about an upcoming change to your Prime Video experience. Starting January 29th, Prime Video movies and TV shows will include limited advertisements. This will allow us to continue investing in compelling content and keep increasing that investment over a long period of time. We aim to have meaningly fewer ads than and than linear TV and other streaming providers. No action is required from you, and there is no change to the current price of your Prime membership." We will also offer a new ad-free option for additional $3 per month that you can sign up for here. So Dang. if you want to avoid ads, extra three bucks goes to Daddy Bezos because he don't have enough money. No. I think it's dumb, but I also don't really care. Can I like is that a stance I can take? Like I don't think it's right, but I'm also not I'm not bothered by ads. It's fine. It's whatever. I'm not bothered by ads. But at the same time, how much is a Prime membership these days? Is it 150 per year? Is it 160 per year? It's something like that. I don't, I don't even remember. Prime year membership. Uh, $140 per year. So $140 for an entire year. You get free two-day shipping plus the other perks, and you get Prime Video. Um, with ads. With ads. I also kind of line in the camp of like, I, I just think that it's $3. That's $3. You want three extra dollars a month. So they should I'm have not... a, they should have a clause in the contract where it's like, if you buy X amount of things from Amazon, you shouldn't have to have ads. I like that. Yeah. That's not bad. That's not bad. Yeah. Like if they're like, if you meet a hundred dollar threshold. Yeah. By X date or whatever, yeah. then for the rest of the year. You don't yeah. have to have ads. I get that there's a lot of now. This is going to be a take. This is going to be a famous. This is going to be a Zacatella take if you ever heard one. Okay. There's a lot of stupid fucking people out there, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Who? Uh, who? Good start. I know, right? <laughs> I've not watched an ad in years because anytime I see an ad, mute, go on my phone, mute, go on my phone. Yeah. Yeah. Wait for it to go up. Skip. Click on the thing. Who is watching these advertisements? They're like sitting there just staring at the screen. It's like whenever I see an ad, it's like, oh, time to go to the bathroom or time to yeah. look at Reddit or time to check Twitter. And it's yeah. like, if get a I second see a bowl of yeah. fucking chili, yeah. Pour myself another drink, get a drink of water, talk to my loved one. It's like, <laughs> I get <laughs> the ads dog. Are, yeah, I think ads, <laughs> are, ads are a crazy inconvenience and they're really annoying. But it's also like, if I see an ad generally, I'm like, oh, I'm more annoyed by it than I am like more informed. That's why it's Has like, an ad ever worked for you? No. Never? I can't think of a time that ever. an ad's worked You've for me. You've never I've, had an ad work for you. Do trailers count? Do movie trailers or yeah. TV trailers? Yeah. If those count, then yes. That's advertising, dog. Sure, I Business know. Business 101, man. Yeah, but I, I get it, but they're advertising like an Okay, art. what about like a television commercial that's not a not entertainment? I literally can't think of one thing. I remember Can the you? last one. Yeah. For you. What was it? I got a few words for you. Five, five dollar, <laughs> five dollar foot long. That'd okay. So the $5 foot long, 
You know how much a footlong costs at Subway these days? It's, it's like ten dollars. Like yeah. yeah, it's probably way too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jared so, went okay. away, and they couldn't afford to stay in business. <laughs> so that's a good point. I mean, like, yeah. So impressionable people, dumb people—they are all probably. Shakaroni clearly clearly is working for Cal. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well. I don't know. Either way, I'm not going to be I'm going to see I want to I'm going to wait and see approach. It's not like I watch that many Amazon Prime shows anyway. I watch two, I think. Um, Tops. which two? Well, I'm glad you asked. The, the boys. boys and then uh Amazon The Rings of Power. Oh yeah. I want to watch Amazon, Marvelous the Rings of Power. Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Sorry. <laughs> Amazon's Rings of Power. <laughs> I want to watch uh I want to watch Marvelous Miss Maisel. Because yeah, of, that's a good one too. Because of uh, Lois Lane, For sure. um, I've heard the Man in the High Castle is really good, but I never got to it. I've also heard that. Um, there's a couple other Amazon shows that look interesting to me, but I mean, Invincible is an Amazon show. Right? That's right, Invincible is an Amazon show. Yeah, so mm. there's one show that I watch on Amazon, but yeah, I I don't know. We'll see. I'm gonna see how intrusive this is. I think the interesting thing is that they made a a point in their news and their like news release to their customers to say like, we want these to be better ads than the other. I'm like, there's no such fucking thing as a better ad. It's like, it'd be really weird if they started data mining your purchases for ads though. And it's like, Ooh, yeah. I would get a lot of ads. Like, like imagine, (laughs) imagine they're data mining my conversations, text messages and Amazon shopping card. Right. And then I'm sitting down and I'm watching the boys season four. And then it's a Duncan commercial with Ben Affleck. And he's like, hey, JP, how's it going? <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell? Like AI Dude. just like tapped in. AI advertise AI targeted. It's like advertising joy is gonna get Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. It's gonna, yeah, it's gonna be an AI deep fake Ben Affleck. And he's like, hey, John, are you sitting there? You're reading a comic book. Is that Batman? Is that <laughs> is that are you Batman? Reading you know, Batman? I played Batman one time, right? It was pretty yeah, good. Hey. <laughs> Thanks, man. Say hi to your hey, mother for me. <laughs> I tell you what, I've got I've got this 25% off Dunkin' coupon. You want to go to Dunkin'? I, I'd be yeah, really disappointed if you didn't go. Me, Casey, we're getting some Dunkin', bro. <laughs> and you're like, yes, sir. Whatever you want, sir. <laughs> you want to watch the new J-Lo movie that I helped produce? Here you go. I'm playing it for you right now. Oh man. Okay. Well, advertising, streaming, it, it's all a ra- Here's what I'll stand is my streaming. Nihilist take it's the- all the rage. <laughs> it's all the rage. My nihilist take of the century is just every time we read one of these stories, I'm just like, man, companies just suck. Like they're greedy. Companies are just greedy. Yeah. Everyone wants more yeah. money. Every company's goal is to make their next year's profits better than the last year's. And at some point it's going to be unsustainable. And then we're going to be in a depression or the planet's going to explode. Team hashtag team planet explode. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go out, baby. Blaze of glory. Oh, <laughs> if you want to see the consequences of, of the human population on the planet, go check out a little indie film called Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Mm, 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 mm. Is it the same exact plot as Wakanda Forever? I bet it is. What was the plot of Wakanda Forever? Uh Namor Planet, Underwater, Avatar. I thought they were just hiding trying to protect their like secret nation yeah but they were like it was like polluting them right weren't they like wasn't like earth people polluting the wakanda people um i can't remember so aquaman 2 is is black mana is intentionally polluting the oceans nice because of a demon king necris that has possessed him (laughs) 
this fucking movie. <laughs> it's so fun, though. Oh, boy. All right. Next up, real quick, we got to rip kill these Aquaman bad boys. and everything he holds dear. <laughs> um, the Marvels is tapping out. This is the last time we're talking about this fucking movie, by the way. But I figured I feel I'll, like I, we've talked about it and we still haven't time. seen it, which yeah. is ridiculous. I think, <laughs> but it's interesting because we keep talking about this movie because it, it really, I think that this is going to be the one that we look back on. When we look back on the franchise yeah. in 10 years, we're going to pinpoint this moment, this 2023 The Marvels debacle as when it, the MCU officially kind of piddled out because yeah. the movie ends its run at 84.5 million domestic and 205 million worldwide, which means it's Disney's lowest grossing Marvel movie of all time. And it almost has a identical box office as Birds of Prey, which I thought was a crazy stat. Which came out right at the beginning of COVID, but also was pretty famously not supported at the box office. Yeah, a really great quality movie. I thought I like Birds of Prey. I like lot, Birds but... of Prey quite a bit. Yeah, yeah easily but... a top top DCEU project, but financially underperforming. So, yeah. I don't know, but that's it. I mean, Marvel's is done, so I don't know what we do from here. 2024, which we'll talk about at the end of this pod is an interesting proving ground for Marvel Studios and yeah, for but... Disney. I think both of these that Disney, whole conglomerate's yeah. got a lot of they got those they got to answer for some stuff. They got they got the wrath of God is coming. <laughs> you better run. Um when the Marvels comes to Disney Plus. Yes, I will watch it. You me. I'm down. Yeah. <laughs> okay. can, does Disney have the thing like Amazon where you can like screen share and like watch a movie at the same time with other people? I don't know. I'll drive down. We can watch it together in your home theater. Right on. Oh, yeah. Well, Guarantee, man, the theater experience over here is going to be better than it would have been at the theater with all these fucking I bet we love it. I bet we're like, we come out of it and we're like, which one of our friends is a scroll? And then we're just like, <laughs> it's Austin, um, by the way. He's the scroll. Definitely for sure. scroll. Uh, we got two more stories left. We'll go through these really quickly. Marvel Studios Echo. Uh, new trailer. Yeah, baby. Post about it. Uh, you're Daredevil all season 3.5. I'm in. It's yeah. this Wednesday. All episodes dropping is what intrigues me the most. They're not going to pussyfoot around making you watch this thing for over a month. I think there's five episodes. It's rated M. It looks violent as hell. D'Onofrio looks incredible. I actually thought that, you know, the Echo character, while not the best part of the Hawkeye show, wasn't atrocious. I actually think that Hawkeye season one is pretty good. It's good. And uh, I'm excited for a return to the Netflix-style grounded Marvel show. So it's actually, I'm saying this right now day one stream for a marvel show for your boy it's been about three years what if it's so, bad what if it's bad and then it's bad and then i'll tell you but then you're never gonna watch loki <laughs> i'll still watch loki i'll watch loki i'm gonna put it on sometime wow. buddy i'll wow. watch it um yeah i think that the reason that they're not stretching this out is because the reason they stretched out those other shows like different weekly releases is to build hype and i just think that there's like zero hype around this show which i think is what is going to help it be like surprisingly good for people i also agree i think that this is going to be i'm just i have a feeling like this is going to be like people are like oh we expected nothing and this gave us something i don't think it's going to be like an eight or a nine out of 10 kind of project, but I bet seven. if we get a solid seven, I think it's going to be entertaining six episodes. I'm curious to that see that episode how long the with her. Are. Yeah. That episode with her and Charlie Cox is going to be cool. When John Bernthal shows up as the Punisher, people are going to be tweeting about like, Oh shit, he's back. And he's going to be like, you can't protect him. Yeah. It's going to be good. So we'll see. But yeah, this, this Wednesday, right? This Wednesday, Wednesday, the ninth. 
Wednesday night. All right. Well, I'll I'll be there. I mean, well, I'm so surely we'll talk about it on the. I'll probably just watch all of it on Wednesday night. <laughs> just yeah. If they're like 30, 40 minute episodes, I could probably start it at seven probably and get be through done it by midnight. All of this upcoming week. Yeah. I'm but, excited. All right. Cool. Well, that's Echo. And then the last thing was a news article that you wanted to join up on here, but we got Jason Aaron, who's a uh, comic writer. Yeah. Jason Aaron is uh, most notably the quote unquote creator of the Mighty Thor comic arc, which is where Jane Foster becomes Thor which was recently adapted into Thor Love and Thunder, a little film you can listen to us talk about. And uh, he's been at Marvel for almost the entire time that I've been reading comics that I can remember him. He's been writing comics for like 20 years, and they brought him over to write arguably the most popular comic book character of all time in the longest running comic book title of all time, which is Action Comics. So starting this week in Action Comics 1061, he will be taking over telling a tale with uh, Superman and uh, Bizarro, which would be pretty cool. Ooh. Jason Aaron is a fantastic writer. I'm excited to see what he does with a character that is only as good as the creative team behind it because Superman is hard to write for. Right. Specifically with the villains. So, Has there been a really good Bizarro story that you can remember? Like, um, Hmm. I actually really liked Bizarro in Red Hood and the Outlaws in the Rebirth era, which was Jason Todd, Artemis, and Bizarro as like a dark version of the Trinity in DC Comics. That's probably my favorite. Okay. Every time the Justice League goes to Bizarro world, though, too. It's pretty fun. Okay. So. Bizarro just seems like Bizarro. such a weird character. To me me like hate that. Bizarro. <laughs> Superman bad. Superman best friend. Yeah. <laughs> Should All right. Good. Well, that's everything. Is there any is there any other news that we're missing? I feel like that's really it's kind of been has it not felt like a qu- kind of quiet news like holiday? Like, I feel like usually we get a bunch of like announcements. The year's starting. It's like, hey, look for for this in 2024. But I think the yeah. writer's strike maybe like put a damper on that. Like maybe we're just we're I like think people were just tired, you know, in the Hollywood industry after everything that went down this year. I think they just were like, let's just get through the holidays and we'll start announcing stuff. So, okay. Well, a lot of things were delayed. Obviously, the Last of Us part or the Last of Us season two yep. production starts in February, so they've had like a lot of big, big time shows haven't even been working. So, well, it's going to be an interesting year filled with announcements, filled with news. But that's the news flashpoint for you today, which means that we're moving on to the topic of the show. Time to talk about last year. Before we step into the brand new of the new year, we gotta we gotta look back. And uh, I have here, um, uh, I'm going to drink this. It's not alcoholic, but it's Marion Bright, which is the brewed and bottled for the Rushers root beer that he gave me when nice. he came down for the holidays. Very cool. so, it's yeah, good. It's, it's good stuff. I'm excited. I haven't had a. I haven't had just a straight root beer in, in a long, long time. I drink a root beer every time I go to the movies. It's my favorite movie drink. All right. Well, cheers to 2023. Cheers. And, uh, Great year. And we're looking ahead to 2024. Yep. Oh, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Ooh. 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 It's got a. I like it. It's not like uber sweet, which I think is a problem with some. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it's like very nice, Rudy. Like, yeah, Rudy. 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 <laughs> Rudy. Hey, Rudy. Hey, Rudy. I love little boy and pop. All right. Cut that so. out. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, all right, so we're going to do our 2023 year in review. So how this is going to work is that we have different categories, movies, television shows, video games, music, books slash comic books, mm -hmm. and then uh, just overall best things of 2023. So events, moments, things that we did, whatever we have. Uh, John and I have come up with five things for each category, and I've got a couple like honorable mentions that we can do really quickly Same. too. Yeah, and then uh, we are also going to talk. I I don't know if you did this too. I added a little blurb on the each on the bottom of movies and TV shows of things that I know are probably really good that I missed. Things that I didn't get to in 2023. Okay. So stuff that I'm gonna stuff that I'm going to like. It's just like the first couple things that pop in my head. I only have like two or three for each one. So yeah. Um, and I and mine, as always, when we do these, I should say like Zach is typically more on top of things for some of the categories. Some of the categories for me, it's it's things that I consumed for the first time in 2023, not necessarily that they came out in 2023. For so me. that's so. yeah, that's always an interesting thing to 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 juggle. So keep in mind, all of my winners are things that released in 2023. John might put down that he wrote, he saw Kingpin for the first time and that was his top movie of the year, but that right, movie came yeah. out in 1992. So not on the list, but yeah. Yeah. So you got two different, two different kind of ways to come about this. Um, but it's about me. It's my year and how I, <laughs> it's about me. <laughs> oh God. Uh, cool. All right. Well, how do you want to do this? Do we, we'll save movies for last, right? That's typically what we do. Yeah. Let's save our... movies for last. Yeah. Movies is typically our bread and butter. Do, what if we start off with TV? Do you want to talk about television? What? Yeah, start out with a bang. Start out with a bang? Sure. Okay. I love um, that idea. So TV shows, do you want to give like a honorable mentions and just rip through them real quick? Yeah, here are my honorable mentions because there's quite a bit things that I watched this year. Um, Hell's Kitchen, Gordon Ramsay's cooking show, Hell's Kitchen, brought a lot of joy to me this year. Both You were really into that for a while. Yeah, both past and present seasons. Season 22 is still actively going right now. Um, great show. Really got some inspiring, like, you know, creativity that you can get from it. But it's also just really entertaining to watch him yell at people. So right. big fan of that. Um, Under the Banner of Heaven. Again, not, yeah. not released in 2023. I watched it for the first time in 2023. Talked about it a couple episodes ago. Great performance from Andrew Garfield and Gil Birmingham. Yeah, I want to um, watch that. That's on Hulu, right? It is on Hulu, adapted from um, a novel as well, if you're a reader. 1923, The Yellowstone Origin Story, which is the prequel starring Helen Mirren and Harrison Ford, started in December of 2022, but predominantly came out in like January, February of 2023. Uh, probably the only Yellowstone show that's going to continue to get released the way things are looking, but uh, pretty good. <laughs> it had a very like weak middle couple of episodes but the beginning and the end of that season were pretty solid um a couple more honorable mentions for me below deck sailing yacht and down under talked about those on the show <laughs> fun reality tv for me <laughs> and then my last honorable mention is ahsoka cool yeah i'll get it wasn't that didn't make my list but i'll also give ahsoka an honorable mention ahsoka, better, we talked about it in the state of the union for star wars yeah. it's like a 60 percent really good first couple episodes and then that those last three episodes are just just a wet fart no, just wah. bad all right yeah. honorable mentions for me i i only have a couple um i have so i watched beef didn't make the top five but i liked beef quite a bit that's the um, a24 a24 steven yoon yeah it's it's good it's really good yeah, definitely worth your time um okay. 
Number seven, uh, Scott Pilgrim, the anime that was on yeah. Netflix. A uh, really cool, um, very cool departure. Uh, like, it, you've uh, you remind me, you've not read the Scott Pilgrim comics, right? No. Okay, so but you've seen the movie. Yeah. Okay. So the whole cast I, came back, right? The whole cast from the movie came back to voice the act, to voice the characters, but it's done in the anime style of the comics. That's cool. Um, and the comics divert in different ways from the original movie. Um, Scott Pilgrim takes off. The very first episode is almost beat for beat for beat the movie. And then they do a twist at the end of the first episode. Not, no spoilers, but there's a twist at the end that completely diverts from the movie and the show ends up becoming its own thing. So it's not a, the storyline from the comics. It's not the storyline from the movie. It's a completely different thing. So was not expecting that caught me totally off guard. I really enjoyed that aspect of it because it was like, you know, going into it, I thought that I was going to be seeing something very familiar that I'd seen a bunch, but it ended up being like pretty fresh and new for me. So nice. Very cool. Check that out. Recommend that quite a bit. The other honorable mention is the fall of the house of Usher, which you just recently started. Finished. You finished it. I watched it all weekend. <laughs> okay. Is this, Save that your make thoughts. your, does that make your list? Okay. Got it. All right. Well, so that's all my honorable mentions. So, Okay, great. Well, then let's keep talking about Fall of the House of Usher because Fall of the House of Usher is five for me, and okay. I'll just go first. Cool. Yeah, that that worked out. It's, that worked out <laughs> that really worked nice. Out really good, well. <laughs> good transition. This is the new Mike Flanagan miniseries. Uh, it's it's like his annual horror installment that is released directly on Netflix. Um, Zach watched it as it around the time that it came out during spooky season. I watched it within the last twenty four hours. <laughs> Uh, watched the whole fucking thing. I thought it was you really good. Names the, uh, a better combination than John Parker and watching Mike Flanagan shows in a day. <laughs> <laughs> you should have seen me. And then I started watching Fall of the House of Usher. Oh my and God. And that first episode, first two episodes were terrifying. This I was alone. All the lights were off. I kept looking over my fucking shoulder. I was freaking out. Uh, and then I watched the rest of the <laughs> the rest of the season um, yesterday and this morning. So not really good show, though. Uh, really good adaption of Edgar Allan Poe's yeah. works of American fiction. Um, stellar Mike Flanagan, usual suspects cast with some added bonuses from Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill's amazing. Bruce, Bruce Greenwood is amazing. Bruce fucking Greenwood is so fucking good in that show, dude. He yeah. is awesome. I love so, Bruce Greenwood. Yeah, the lemon monologue is incredible. So good. Like Perfect. genuinely, it's like that and the Stellan Skarsgård monologue from Andor that you could just like study. Um Bruce Greenwood as Andrew Ryan. What do you think? Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thought How about just like Bruce that. Greenwood in anything? Like put everything. him in more shit. In, like, anything I, and everything. He should yeah. be Thomas Wayne in the James Gunn universe for sure. That would be pretty tight. That'd be pretty He's tight. He's already played Batman in an animated sense. I think yeah. that'd be really cool. He could do the Flashpoint Batman thing. He's phys He's hot, dude. He's like very handsome. Like There's really a cool scene guy. where he takes off his shirt and I was like, I know. Dude, I was Bruce like Fuck, dude. Better, yeah. better than I do. And you're like 80. <laughs> um, Carla Gugino is... Yep. probably one of the most underrated actresses I could think of. Like she's every great. time she's in a new Flanagan project, I feel like she just crushes it. And I always think of her as the spy kids mom and I should probably stop, but she's cool. Full, you know, kind of like semi spoilers. The spy kids mom? She's the mom and spy kids. Are you fucking kidding me? Not even kidding. She's 52. Looks incredible. She's amazing. Really, Dude, she's really scary. Stunning. Um, I think she's better in this than in the haunting of Hill House, personally, because she gets to do more 
get the fun stuff in this, fuck you know? out of here. It is her. Yeah. It's that her is... and Antonio Banderas. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? I can't believe I didn't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, she's great. I think yeah. she's awesome. Really, mm-hmm. really sinister in the show while also giving like some empathy to essentially like Satan, <laughs> like like a different sure, version yeah. of the devil. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it, no, like light spoilers, I guess, for Fall of the House of Usher. Y'all should have watched it by now. It was a 100%. Halloween thing. Yeah, 100%. But um, yeah, I really liked the twist of the fables. Um, the, I think that it's my least favorite Flanagan TV project. Like, I still think that- It's only the second one that I've seen, so. It's like this and Bly Manor are both really, really good. I, I like the cast in this quite a bit, but I found it like not- the ending, I think, is like it's cool, but not like the most satisfying thing in the world. Um, but I, I, I get that that's kind of not the point. Like it's kind of like a feel bad show. Um, it's a very feel bad show. It's it's what is corruption and greed, right? Um, mean in the society that we live in now. Yeah, I think though, like I, I think that the, again, Flan- Mike Flanagan has created two of the most amazing things I've ever seen in terms of television, which are. The Haunting of Hill House, which is one of the best seasons of television ever, Fantastic. and and Midnight Mass, which is next still on, my next favorite. on the list for me to watch. <laughs> my God, it's it's the bomb, dude. That that show I might is just so start it fucking good. Um, so yeah. it's like, yeah, I think I liked Follow the House of Usher a lot, but I I think that every time I'm expecting Flanagan to do Hill House again, and it's like it's hard to follow that up. So I, you yeah, know, having that be his first foray is is pretty tough to follow. It's fucking impressive though that that he came out of the gate swinging with Hill House. Like that show is yeah. perfect. I will say my favorite performance in the entire show is Carl Lumley, who plays um, the detective. Dupont. Yes, he's great. He he also plays Isaiah Bradley in Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. He's the voice of Martian Manhunter in the Justice League cartoons. He's also he plays um, Dick Holleran in Doctor Sleep, which is where he started oh, working fuck, with Mike yeah. Flanagan. That's awesome. He his scenes with Bruce Greenwood in the house, just like by the so, fire. I could watch like twelve hundred uninterrupted hours of that conversation. Honestly, yeah, it's really a great stuff. It's a great moody show too. Like just like the ambiance, yeah, the vibe, like horror. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you finally watched it. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, I just think For it's sure. hilarious that you ripped through his projects in a, in a day. <laughs> I can't I can't watch them sprinkled out. I only watch them in a 48-hour period, which I think is how he would want me to watch them. <laughs> yeah, it was it was cool um for me for for uh House of Usher was that uh my girlfriend Emily and I would watch an episode every night for like a week or whatever and it yeah. was a perfect little like spooky time it was like okay we're going to eat dinner and then we're going to watch uh Fall of House of Usher turn all the lights down so yeah. it was kind of like a nice little mood setter for the Halloween season for sure yeah what's your number 5 my number 5 is Loki 2 Loki yeah Loki 2 yeah um don't have to spend too much time talking about it but again it, I keep thinking about this show uh it's one of those it's you know, it's one of the only projects since Endgame. There's only one, really only one other one that I can really think of is probably Guardians 3, but they're Spider-Man. Spider-Man 2, that's a good point. But um, it's one of the few projects since Endgame that I think about after it's over. Like That's good. That's if you ask you ask me any any goddamn thing about Secret Invasion, I don't remember anything. I remember there's I just remember a little Amelia Clark, Amelia Clark yeah, the little baby arm. Little baby <laughs> arm, yeah. Uh, but 
Loki, I think about, which is cool. Like, I'll, there'll be moments where I'm like, I wonder what's going to happen because of this. Or, oh, man, that one character interaction was really cool. Oh, fucking uh, uh, Kiki Kwan was really good in this scene. And it's like, yeah. I, I just look back on it and it's like, I, I don't know. It makes me happy. It's that little, it's like when Charmander's, I'm basically Charmander in the woods in the rain right now with Marvel. The rain's oh coming gosh. down. My tail's what about to be extinguished. Analogy. But it's like that one little spark on my tail. It's like, that's kind of Loki season two. But Right on. It was good. I'm excited yeah. to watch it. I will be watching it. I just haven't gotten around to it. I really do think that you will enjoy it a lot. I think that it is yeah. endlessly entertaining. The characters are all really endearing. It builds on the relationships. I think it sets the Marvel universe in a really interesting spot. And I yeah. think that Tom Hiddleston is the best here that he's been in any project of, of Marvel. So yeah. Loki season one still to date the best season of Marvel that I've seen. So. Easy. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to watch yep. season two for sure. Uh, my number four is shrinking. Is this on your yeah, list? That is, is it higher than it four? is higher. It is higher right. for me. We'll talk about it when we get to it then. Okay. My number four is I think you should leave. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. Uh, dude, <laughs> five, I mean, burger, 55, five, five, five. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. I'm doing something. It's, it's a good, pick. I don't know. It's a good pick. Yeah, it's just it's rare for me for a sketch comedy series to jump in. But it's just like when I was looking back at all the TV that I watched in the last year, I was like, man, it's just like the memes from that show and the sketches I think about all the time. It's like, I, I don't know. It's just I think that that series is just so inventive and clever. And yeah, Tim Robinson, they just won an Emmy, by the way. I don't know if you saw this, but Tim yeah. Robinson just won an Emmy for outstanding like sketch comedy actor performance or whatever. Shout and- out to that guy. Um, yeah, I hope that that show goes on forever because I, literally every season it's just like that is that I think you should leave is the epitome of leave them wanting more. We're yeah. at the end of every episode or see. I'm like, God, fucking damn. I just want this to be like 10 minutes longer. I could do it yeah. again right now. Yeah, um, it's like yeah. early Rick and Morty for sure, where it's just like the zany elements of it. You just it's so creative and hilarious. Yeah. Did you have a favorite sketch from the recent season? I don't know which ones were in each season. So can you remind me of some of the ones that were in this season? And I could tell you. Because uh, we watched the whole thing during Ben's bachelor party throughout the weekend. We so. did. <laughs> um, season four had one of my favorites, which is the 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 uh, the driving crooner, which kills, That's kills me. Yeah. <laughs> I got to figure out how to make money on this. It's just too good. Driving around, he's like, "They want to kill me. <laughs> they want to fucking kill me." Um, yeah, there. Oh uh, God, what else? The the Darmine Doggy Door was in the newest season. That was a popular one. Okay, um, which is one of my favorites. I really like the Summer Loving one, where it's like the 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 game. It was like, you just want to be here because of the zip line. <laughs> that is a good one. I yeah. fucking love that sketch. Um, I don't think I, my favorites in this season. Then, which is your favorite? It's the one where, he, where it's a reality show where he's supposed to wear like a bunch of makeup and mess with people oh, at the mall. Yeah, I don't yeah. even want to be around anymore. We did too much. It's too hot. <laughs> yeah, that one's yeah. good. Yeah the the drive through episode is obvious. I mean that is hysterical. Yeah. Um, the hat is good too. Yeah, the hat is the hat is pretty funny. And then I also, you can't skip lunch. It's, it's good. I also like um, one that cracks me the fuck up is when he's like, he's like, I'm a performer. He's like, I'll work, perform with everything with the, the sights and sounds, but I won't say a word. And if you do, I pay you money. 
I'm sweeping. <laughs> it's broom, broom, broom. It's a broom. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that is. What is really that? Funny. What are you doing? What is that? What's happening? <laughs> you get so annoyed. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my number four. Okay. All right. My number three uh, is It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, season 16, which is Damn. so fucking good. I um, totally fucking forgot about that. Yeah, easily the funniest season that's come out in a long time. Let me just remind you of the episodes. The gang inflates. Frank shoots every member of the gang. The Love gang it. gets cursed. Frank versus Russia. An Love it. Classic. Celebrity booze, the ultimate cash grab. Risky Rats Pizza Amusement Center. It's pretty good. The gang <laughs> goes bowling. And then the instant classic, Dennis yeah. takes a mental health day. Okay. Um, Fucking, I can't believe I forgot about that, but that actually might edge out one of my top five. I don't know, but that definitely makes my list as well. Yeah. Really funny. If you're a fan of the show, obviously you've probably seen it already. If you're not, you should definitely start watching the show. <laughs> and um, it's just good to see that they they are still very much putting a lot of creativity and love into, into making the show. Um, Frank versus Russia and Dennis take a mental health day are just like they live rent free in my mind. It's so good. <laughs> so good <laughs> there's a lot of great moments from the show just in general that aren't even those specific like comedy bit like those yeah. moments like man i love one of the moments i think about a lot is is frank doing the chili bowl where he like rolls a ball a <laughs> bowling, bowling ball, ball it's, yeah ball. just that visual image is really funny yeah yeah the so good highlight moment of the season for me is the they find out that there's an extra room in Charlie's apartment. Yeah, that's in the gang inflates. Yeah, yeah. that so is one good. of the funniest moments. He's like, holy shit, Charlie, there's a whole fucking apartment over here. <laughs> so good. I love it. I love it. And when he's like, <laughs> when um, Mac keeps eating all those nuts, so his, his whole face is swelling up. And he just he has that line where he's like, the Kardashians fame has increased exponentially with the size of their butts. And then just it cuts to Danny DeVito looking at him. He's just like, "What's his deal?" <laughs> oh yeah. man, great season of. T and so, I mean, what's the turnaround time for Always Sunny? So, when when can we expect the next season? I don't know. I mean, sometimes they're able to do one every year, but given how popular, you know, Wrexham is as a football club now, and like everything, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't get another season until next year. But yeah. they would probably start working on another one by the end of this year. And unfortunately, the podcast does not go on unless they are working on the show. They recorded every episode of the podcast during the production of season 16. So there hasn't been a new episode of that podcast since like September, which has huh. been really a bummer. But like they're all so busy now. You know what I mean? Rob in particular. Um, but yeah, very much looking forward to the continuation of that. I know they're under Same. contract for at least two more seasons to get to that 18 mark, but we will see. We'll see. I'm excited to see it though. But yeah, my, uh, are you, uh, I, I mean, I, it was a great season overall. It was just one of the best seasons yeah. I think that I've seen of the 100%. show. hundred percent. Um, my number three is shrinking. Yeah. We can talk about it here. So yeah. fucking good. We mm -hmm. talked about it on episode 129, I think, right? Like I, I had, we recently talked about this. Yeah. In the mini, mini episode that we did. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I probably, you can go back to that episode. I think we talked about it right after I'd finished watching the show, but just goddamn, what a delight. I mean, yeah. Fucking Bill Lawrence just firing on all cylinders here. I think that this pound for pound is probably a better, it's, it's like as good, if not maybe a little bit better than season one of Ted Lasso for me. But, 
Um, just I hear that, that the real people, I hear, I hear that the real ones like it more than than Ted Lasso, and that Ted Lasso is really mainstream now. Ted La- <laughs> Ted Lasso is very mainstream, and I think that Ted Lasso has gotten worse over time. But the first season of Ted Lasso is so fucking special. It's such a good singular yeah. story. If it had ended after season one, I think it would have been perfect. Now I'm. I'm worried. I'm wondering, like, come on, Bill. Like, you got it in you. Can you do a second season of Shrinking that's better than the first one? That's what I. That's what I want to know. I think they could. I think they could. Uh, I, I think this show really sets it up in a way that it could build on itself because the entire first season is Jimmy coming to terms with losing his wife, and by the end of it, like making that turn finally to see where they can go in the future. And any type of hijinks that can get into would be hilarious. But here's what I'll say. One of the best parts of the show is obviously Harrison Ford. And if you're going to work on a season two, you should do that soon. <laughs> like very soon. <laughs> oh, good God. Because uh, he is phenomenal in the show. So funny. So full of like heart in a way that isn't always transparent with some of his like main genre characters like Indy and Deckard and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and his comedy with Siegel is just phenomenal. Like that parental relationship that they have is just great. I love it. I think Shrinking yeah. is fantastic. If you need a good feel good show, check it out on Apple TV. Yeah, it's a good feel good show, but it's also man, you gotta be ready for some get choked up moments because woof, a hundred percent. Yeah. There's some sad some, shit in that show, buddy. There is, but it's real stuff that people need. And the whole point of shrinking is that they're all therapists and the show can be therapy for you as well. And it, it, it will deal with things that are uncomfortable that you need to address probably in your life, but you don't know how. And sometimes entertainment is the best way to do that. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. All right. My number two of last well, year. Oh, before sorry. I say anything, I okay. bet you we both have the same top two. I hope so. <laughs> I'm thinking it's that's what's going to happen here. So the I'm I'm really wondering how this is going to go because <laughs> it yeah. could go one of two ways. <laughs> okay. I mean, as long as they're both in the top two, it's it's fine. If you somehow didn't have these in the top two, I'll be shocked because I know you like them as well. Maybe not as much as me, but my number two show is The Last of Us. Do you have it? I do. Okay. Is it two or one? It's my number one. Okay, well, let's talk about it because the other one is the bear part two, yes. which I'm assuming is your number two. Okay, the bear is totally two. fine. Which one do you want to talk about first? Um, well, it was your number two pick, so I I don't know. Well, damn, it really it, it doesn't flips. really matter. I mean, they're both the really top matter. two. So yeah, it's the top two: the bear and the Last of Us. I put the Last of Us above the bear. The bear and the Last of Us sounds like a really funny kids book. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know. Go go. Uh, Go for it. Just let's let's do it. Last let's talk about the bear. The bear part two. The bear season two released uh, this summer. It has been renewed for a third season. The production has not begun because of yeah. the strike. However, the bear part two. You can listen to us go really in depth episode by episode to talk about that show. One of the best things. One of the best examples of how to escalate your television show in the second season. You and I both agree that the second season is is superior to the first season and that was not an easy task to overcome because that first season is is pretty near perfect if not perfect for most yeah viewers um adding adding the element of 
an extra two episodes really helped them be able to kind of spread out and develop some of the characters like Marcus and cousin and like have these like singular episodes for them that I think is really cool. And then obviously like fishes, like being able to shove an entire like small independent film in the middle about like a chaotic family. I just watched that last night, actually, Julia and I have been watching the bear season two because she hasn't seen it yet. So we've been watching that together. And, um, then fishes without watching forks after is a tough tough way to go to bed <laughs> we just put it that way yeah <laughs> um but yeah phenomenal season of television it's my favorite show of the year it's my favorite show of recent years period i love the last of us i'm excited to talk about that too but what, what were your thoughts on the bear yeah i mean it is we covered this so much but yeah i think that it is a it is miles better than the first season i think that everything that the first season does well this does better i think all the characters are better here the writing is better the the pacing of the episodes are better and just like giving you those those moments that you really think about like yeah fishes and then forks like that back to that twofer that one two punch is just like phenomenal two of the best episodes yeah. of television i've seen in a long time i think yeah i mean like Forks and Long Long Time are like the, some of the best episodes of television I've ever seen in my life, and they both came out this year. See, I like Fishes better than Forks, but yeah, I know I, you and I, I you and I disagree on that. I think Forks is Forks is payoff, which is awesome. Genius. Forks is like emotional payoff, but Fishes Drive <laughs> Fishes to me is just like so well. It is one of the best representations of like a dysfunctional family put on screen that I've ever seen. Oh, um, yeah, and sure. it's just such a, it's a visceral episode about not a whole lot. And I think that that is just one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. Um, yeah. How close everything is, how tight the shots are, the characters, the, the long, long monologues of yelling at each other, arguing John about Bernthal all this stuff. Forks yeah. at fucking uh, uh, Bob Odenkirk. And yeah. Bob Odenkirk, man, just being the star of the show here. Like, I, I love, I, I, have su I am such a Bob Odenkirk fan. Better Call Saul, Breaking Bad. One of my favorite, one of my favorite performances of the year was him as, as like the- Uncle Lee, yeah, the step step. I think John Mulaney's Steven is really good in that episode too. Yep. Like you and I, I talked awesome. about that when we covered it. Like homie's coming out of fucking like cocaine rehab and giving one of the best monologues with saying grace at the table. Yep. And then like the heartbreaking performance of um John Bernthal where Carmi gives him the picture of the bear restaurant that he's been sketching and stuff like that. And yeah, it's beautiful. You could see that Michael's already starting to be affected by being addicted to drugs and the whole episode, Jamie Lee Curtis is like fucking incredible. Best supporting actress. So scary. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It's good. It's a great season television. And then I actually really like the finale. I think the finale, the, the episode is called The Bear. Um, the opening of the restaurant and then having, you know, having them get in the weeds and cousin finding his purpose, finally getting them out of that hellhole where set to Pearl Jam's animal and in the same way that Pearl Jam's animal ended the first episode of season one, I think it's such a really good like bookend to that story of, of his arc so far uh, with Carmi being locked in the walk-in fridge and like banging on the door and stuff like that. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Love that show. That's the one, the one plot point of that series that I don't love is him being locked in the walk-in because no one designs a walk-in, especially not, the handle stuck. That's the problem. He didn't. It's his. It was his job to get it fixed, leading up to the opening of the restaurant, and he didn't do it. Mm. 
because he was too distracted. And that's why he gets stuck in there. You get your yeah. comeuppance. And it turns out the thing that I always think is interesting is they don't actually they don't actually need him to run that episode, to run that restaurant that night, which is we'll see how that goes in season three. Yeah, I can't wait for season three. I hope that it's it. I, I would love for this to be a trilogy, like one, two, three. Please don't drag this show out. I beg of you. I don't think you. that they have plans to go further than that. Not that they've said. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, really like excited to see it again. Also, every time I watch the fucking bear, it just makes me hungry for Chicago style food. So, so like good. when Emily and I went to Chicago uh, like a month or two ago, we just I loaded up, baby. Italian beef, Chicago 100%. hot dogs, deep yeah. dish, the whole deal. It was great. Yeah. Um, Big time. Our, my number one is The Last of Us, and I wrestled with this. And honestly, this is one of those like any given Sunday kind of things. It's like you asked me today, I think The Last of Us is better than The Bear. But if you ask me tomorrow, I could say The Bear is better than The Last of Us. So I agree. I agree. It really doesn't statement. matter. Yeah. I, I, the, the, the only thing for me that set The Bear above The Last of Us is that I knew what The Last of Us was going to be about, sure. roughly going and into it's it. An, it's that an does adaptation. not undermine how fantastic of a show it is. I think they're both perfect seasons of television. Yeah. Adaptations are hard. Original content tends to be where my heart lies. Like I would rather somebody do a, an original project. That's why the bear is so, you know, it's visceral. It's this original concept. It's a great story. It's all unique characters. The last of us HBO is an adaptation of one of our, mo our favorite properties. So that I think that it, the fact that it's good is impressive to me. Oh yeah. It, oh yeah. So yeah. it um, needed to be good in a way that I think before it started to come out, you and I were kind of describing, which was like, how sad we were going to be if it was bad and to have it be so much better than I think we both expected. Yeah. One of the best surprises of the year in a year full of great surprises. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, just for this, this ranking for this episode of our year in review, why it's my number one, I'll give you three words. Long, long. Half. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that episode three of the show, which also shout out to Nick Offerman who won an Emmy last night for uh best outstanding, Bill. like supporting actor or something like that. Um, for Bill, a uh, long, long time is the third episode of The Last of Us. I think it's the best episode of the show. I also think it's probably the single best episode of television I've ever seen. Like, ever. Start to stem to stern, the whole episode in general. It's a standalone episode. You don't need to really watch anything else. You can just watch it on its own. But where yeah. it fits in the show, where it starts, where it ends, what it does for the other characters, the masterful relationship and acting, the writing, like, it truly is one of the most special episodes of television I've ever seen. Like I'd put it up there with the all time greats. Like yeah. some of the, like, I don't, I'm not a huge game of Thrones fan, but some of the more famous episodes of Thrones, like the best episodes of breaking bad, the best episodes of better call Saul, um, like fucking the Sopranos, like yeah. uh, some uh, all of all the, the echelon of TV shows, that single episode is probably one of my favorites. So kudos yeah. to them. I, I think that that, that episode is just unbelievable. Yeah. I I think when we talked about it originally, you know, a lot of people probably if they didn't agree with it, felt like we were being hyperbolic. But I don't think that that is even possible when you're talking about that episode of television. It's gorgeous. It is so sad, but also so beautiful in the the strawberry scene where he's like so good. Taking care of things is how we show love and that whole theme ending with Bill's letter that he leaves for Joel where he says, I found the person that I loved and I took care of him. And that was my purpose is just, oh my God, it's so good. I'm getting like emotional talking about it now. Yeah. But also like top tier in addition to that, which that is very much 
its own thing within a show. Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey give fantastic performances in the show to yeah. take on and embody characters. That was that was a tall order for somebody to do what Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker were able to accomplish in two oh, yeah. video games up to that point. And um, I absolutely love their dynamic that they have. I think the, the best that they were is probably... Oh, man, that's tough. I love the Joel and Ellie scene where um, she starts reading the jokes for the first time when they're on the road, which might be the episode after a long, long time, which isn't the strongest episode of the season. But I feel like that's where I really started to kind of buy into them as the characters. Yeah. Last of Us, great, great adaptation. And looking forward to season two. Hell yeah. Uh, That is going to be an interesting one. (laughs) (laughs) how the public reacts to it how the showrunners decide to adapt the source material um it is going to be an interesting time i although i still think like production starts for that soon i bet we see last of Us season two in early 2025 or maybe fall i think so too um i predicted almost accurately the framework of the last of us season one yep I can't wait to do that preview pod where we try to predict how the season one shakes up to be for, or not season one, season two, because I think there's a very clear part where they switch things. We'll find out, but we will find out. All right. Well, that's that's television. That's our top 10 or top five of TV. Uh, I wrote down a couple of things that I missed in 2023 that I want to go back to. Sure. Um, one is The Curse, the Nathan Fielder, Emma Stone show. Uh, it's on Showtime. Uh, heard great things, but haven't gotten to it yet. So I want to watch. I want to make sure that I watch that. I also heard that the fifth season of Fargo was awesome. John Hamm, Juno Temple, uh, lots. Of, I've heard that it's awesome. I love the first few seasons of Fargo. I fell off and didn't watch the. Yeah, I never watched yeah. the one with Chris Rock, but um, Invincible. Can't believe that I still haven't fucking watched Invincible, but I've been slacking. <laughs> First season, so good though. And then the other thing that I didn't watch that came out last year is, um, have you heard of the Apple TV show Silo? I have, because Grayson's reading the books, and Rebecca Ferguson is in it. Uh, sci-fi show. Her. I've heard it's. I've heard it's like <laughs> awesome that it flew under the radar. Um, sure, but I haven't watched very many Apple TV shows. Like Shrinking is the most recent one, and then before that, it was fucking uh, the the Adam Scott existential drama crisis drama the the workplace one i forget what that's called or whatever yeah one of the best shows of all time though yeah, i've definitely. seen ever but uh yeah so that's tv i missed was there anything that you didn't get to that you want to get to still just loki loki okay yeah that's like the the big one that is a hole in my resume if you, as it were all right um, all right, where do we want to go from here? Do we want to do like books, music, games? Let's do let's do books. Books, okay. Yeah, let's do books. You go first this time, though. Well, I don't have anything honor- for books. <laughs> okay, cool. Then I guess it'll just be me talking about stuff that I read. <laughs> yeah, I I don't have I have everything, but um, yeah, I did everything except books. Okay, that's fine. Honorable mentions for me. Um, Tom King's run on Wonder Woman, which like just started like in October of 2023. So barely getting off the ground, which is why I didn't have it in the top five, but very strong so far. Um, Also a Marvel Comics title, Immortal Thor, which began in like mid of last year. Really fun, like combination between the, the epic scale of Thor and like the the 
Jason Aaron like character study that he does, which is really cool. Um, but my top fives, starting with five, working our way down. Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, which is going to be one of the films that James Gunn announced in his DC slate. It's going to be a, a big sci-fi epic. You can get the whole trade paperback. I read that this year. It did not come out in 2023. Really good story. Also written by Tom King. Um, Strange Adventures meets Supergirl, pretty much. Really good stuff. Really dark at times, but also really full of humanity. Uh, not a comic book. The Wager, written by David Grant. This is his historical retelling of a ship that was lost at sea going around Cape Horn. He is the author of Lost City of Z and the Killers of the Flower Moon. If you have a hard time reading nonfiction, I recommend him as an author. I think he he writes things with prose that makes it seem like it's almost like a story. Uh, my number three book of the last year that I read was The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. The movie was good. I think the book is much superior. I've never read a Hunger Games book, but Suzanne Collins has a really, really powerful writing style because of internal monologues that the main character has. And the main character for the book is is President Snow. And he is just a fucking diabolical person. So it's really cool to read a book essentially from the perspective of a villain and like a person that you actually don't root for, but you're inside their head, which is always interesting. Who, who plays President Snow in the movie? Um... Just some new, it's like an up and comer. Yeah, I actually don't know him that well. He was really good, though. I mean, he's no Donald Sutherland, but... <laughs> yeah, Donald yeah. Sutherland, man. Yeah, Donald Sutherland was great. Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Do, 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 do. Take me to the movie. Take me to the movie. <laughs> Tom Blythe, or Blythe. English actor. He's not been in a lot of stuff. He was in a show called Benediction and then The Hunger Games. Okay. So, so very new, new guy. He's good. He was also a, a young child in uh, Ridley Scott's Robin Hood. That's pretty funny. Good for him. Uh, my number two book that I read is Nightwing, which is an ongoing series. But I started reading the Tom Taylor run on things, which begins in issue 78 until present right now. Uh, never thought Nightwing would be a better comic than Batman in a calendar year, but it was far superior. Wow. Creative team over there. Bruno Rendondo, I believe is how you pronounce his last name, doing the cover art and sometimes interior art. Great name. Gorgeous stuff. Gorgeous stuff. And then my number one book, World's Finest, actively going on. Mark Wade, Dan Mara, really good stuff. If you like Batman and Superman or both, in my instance, it's everything you could want. The sequel to Kingdom Come going on right now is really cool. All the new stuff that they're infusing while also having it like almost feel like a Silver Age Adam West style book at times with all the bright colors and the the, the villains that they bring back from old comic books is just fantastic. So really solid work coming out of DC Comics this year, for sure. Okay. Those are my books. And uh, remind me, the Batman Superman World's Finest, they've not combined or collected that into a trade or anything like that, right? It's they just have. single yeah, issues. They have like two they trades have? already. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. They're on issue like, out. I think they're on issue 20 something right now. So they, the first, usually they start making trades after five issues have been created. So they probably have at least two or three by now. I need to, I still need to go to, I have several things that I need to take to a frame shop. I have like a concert poster, a poster that Emily got me for Christmas. But uh, one of the things that I want to go get framed is the Jerry Seinfeld yeah. issue of the yeah. world's finest that I have. So I want to go big get time. that frame. Big time. Really cool cover. 
Um, okay. Were there any books that you didn't get to that you really wanted to that are still on the list of stuff? Or did you read pretty much everything you wanted to read? I read pretty much everything that I wanted to read. There's a ton of comics that I want to read that I haven't. Swamp Thing, Green Hell being the most notable, but I did get that for Christmas. So Green be Hell. <laughs> be on the lookout for that review coming soon. Cool. And Catwoman, Lonely City. I heard good things about that. I want to check that out. All right. Well, where do you want to go from here? Do we want to go games or music? And you then pick. we got movies to play. Let's do... Oh. Let's do music. Let's do music. Okay. <laughs> How many things do you just want to do our Spotify wrapped? Like, how do you want to do this? That's all I wrote down was see Spotify wrapped. Okay. I didn't because I I don't listen to new music, as you know. I just listen to things that you guys (laughs) give to me or things that I want to re-listen to. Well, then let's do let's not let's not ping pong on this one then. Let's just do one at a time. Since you just talked, I'll rip through mine, my musics, and then you'll you can do yours. And then we'll go back to the flip-flop. Good to me. Okay. So music. I wrote 13 things down, but I'm not going to talk about all of them in depth. I'll just talk about the top five. <laughs> um, number 13, uh, Rainbow Kitten Surprise, Drop, Stop, and Roll. New single from that band. Really love their style. Really love their stuff. Check that shit out. It's good. Uh, number 12, Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3 Soundtrack. I'm just going to put that here. Just yep. inter- I know that it's a collection of other works, but like whenever those movies come out, they tend to like have a score that like, you know, or a soundtrack that kind of like sets the mood for the year. And I feel like this year has felt, had a lot of like, 90s alternative like indie stuff a lot of like early 2000s stuff as well like that kind that's kind of in vogue again so just putting that on there is like a little little pop there um for sure everyone knows i like all different kinds of music i'm very musically eclectic i like all this shit uh troy savant's new album is actually really fucking good um that is he's so timothy chalamet played him in an snl sketch this year you see Um, the one that goes like Cling, cling, cling. No, 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 no. <laughs> no Troy, Troy Savon is like splash an Austra- water, drip, drip splash, splash water. water drip. No, Troy Savon is like an Australian pop star. He's a very like outspoken, um, like very flamboyant gay pop star. And he's super fucking talented and got a great voice. And he's his new album is actually a really fun, like electro pop album. It reminds me of like Good Bieber. Um, so. <laughs> I like that nice. quite a bit. Number 10, Thanks, Paper Kites at the Roadhouse. Um, the Paper Kites have been one of my favorite bands for a long time. They're like a folk indie, uh, like acoustic group from Australia. They've been around for a long time, uh, but they used to do really bare bones acoustic stuff. Now they do, they have a full band record that they've done now. And it's like very grungy middle America inspired music, which is a cool turn for them. Um, so that's a good album. Recommend that one a lot. Paper Kites at the Roadhouse. Number nine, 1989 Taylor's version. It's got to make the list uh, just because I listened to the shit out of that record. It's a classic. Uh, Classic. Number eight, uh, I'm doing uh, one of the new singles from Fred again, who's like an EDM electronic producer. His new song is called Adore You. It is an awesome fucking song. Check that shit out. Uh, Number seven, an up-and-coming indie uh, indie folk acoustic kind of guy. His name's Aubrey Key. And he has a he has a song that just came out a, like a month or two ago called Date Night at Daddy Joe's. And it is fucking awesome. It is a it is it's a it's a love song about getting barbecue with somebody. It's a perfect song. That's great. Um, number six, Willie Nelson's 90th birthday record. 
So yeah. I actually just got this on vinyl a couple weeks ago. Forgot to bust it out when you guys were here. But for Willie's 90th birthday, they did like a, a concert at the at the California Bowl. And they had a bunch of big names like the Avid Brothers and Billy Strings and Tyler Childers come and do Willie covers. And they did a whole record of this. And this shit's on Spotify, too. It's like two hours long, this whole concert. Um, yeah. So that's awesome. Uh, number five. Uh, one of my favorite newer artists, Louis Capaldi, came out with a record called the uh, oh, fuck uh, Broken by Desire of Being Heavenly Sent or something like that. Um, he's like a, a vocalist primarily. So he's like a singer songwriter, but he's got a crazy good voice. Like um, and he's also just funny as shit. He's a funny like Irish drunk. Um, but he's got this beautiful voice. You listen, aren't to we him. all? <laughs> you listen to him talk, and he's kind of like self-spoken or whatever. But then it's like I like to take this moment to apologize to absolutely nobody. <laughs> um, number four is a uh, another indie folk guy that's been doing music for fucking ever. Like literally since I started getting into more like indie alternative music when I was in like my early teens. Um, Sufjan Stevens came out with a new record called Javelin. It's a beautiful terrible terribly sad record uh it's like you want to throw on a record that will make you cry this sufjan stevens you've never heard of this guy right never in my entire life have i okay. heard of this guy i've played a few of his songs i've played a few of his songs around you but he's just got really really somber acoustic beautiful stuff to listen to um but his newest record came out after he had a in 2021 i think like right around the pan like in the middle of the pandemic he was uh diagnosed with a um autoimmune disorder where he lost the ability to move his legs and his arms and Christ. um he recovered from that got treatment and is taking medication and then this is the record that he came out after that uh what a good comeback story yeah seriously it's a beautiful awesome. record too so check that shit out number three bleachers one of my favorite bands jack antonoff the guy that produces all the taylor stuff produced lana del rey stuff he's worked with the 1975 on a bunch of shit too um heard of them yep the bleachers is an awesome like 80s alternative rock kind of group or whatever that he he front lines for and they their new song modern girl came out last year super fucking good really catchy it's also he's touring this year i'm gonna go get to go see him in cincinnati and uh, his new their new album comes out at the end of March. So looking forward to that. And then number two, Japanese House. In the end, it always does. The Japanese House is one of my favorite indie bands uh, led by Amber Bain. She's super fucking talented, singer-songwriter. This album's really, really good. Kind of like a electronic pop record, so it's right up my alley. And then number one, no surprise, is Boy Genius, the record. Um, Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and uh, Julian Baker formed a super group and they released an album called the record with their, their band of the three artists together. Boy genius. They were, this yeah. has been the year of the boy genius, man. They had a world tour. I, they headlined SNL. Yep. Um, they're everywhere. And uh, they're nominated. This album's nominated for best album of the year at the Grammys this year. Really? Um, That's cool. It, it is. It is an awesome record. I would, even if like people aren't really into that kind of style, like it's kind of like, it's kind of a mix of like rock and punk, but like there's the indie folk stuff that Phoebe Bridges kind of brings to the trio. But uh, it is a it is, I think, a perfect record stem to stern. Like, I don't think there's a single like skip on that tra on that track list. Like, nice. It's a clean, tight, like 40 minute, 12 song record. It's it's flawless. It's 
one of my most played vinyl records in there for sure. So very cool. That's Zach's year in music. What you got? My year in music is uh, all familiar names to most people that know me. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to read you my wrapped artists. <laughs> all right. Uh, five to one. Here we go. Miley Cyrus. I just really, really like the Plastic Hearts album. Shout out to that punk album. Big fan. Uh, number four, a little guy named Elvis Presley. He's been the star of a couple movies lately. Uh, just because he's on all the Kelly's playlists, I think, is is what feeds into to him appearing in my top five. Uh, number three, Jay-Z, favorite rapper of all time. So not to the surprise there. He's on a lot of my workout playlists. Uh, number two, Nirvana. Uh, I don't know. Have you heard of Nirvana, Zach? They're pretty good. They're, they haven't had any music in a while. but I don't know. Awesome. Didn't, didn't the Foo Fighters, like a side project of the Foo Fighters or something? Or? Yeah, something like that. Um, Just really good grunge rock, obviously. Uh, I The album I listened to the most from them this past year, though, was... um. The their um, MTV Unplugged album, the live recording, really cool. Lake of Fire, go check it out. And then number one, Pearl Jam, which I don't need to talk about anymore because I've spent hours talking about it. <laughs> Top 0.05% of listeners for me. You're welcome, Eddie Vedder and company. <laughs> did they uh, record you a message? Did, did did you get a message from Pearl no, Jam? Or did... That would have been, fun, been funny. That, hey, John, how's it going? <laughs> Hey, don't call me <laughs> so yeah that was that was my spotify wrapped cool yeah uh again shout out to fucking spotify man they got that shit unlocked like spotify yeah. wrapped is like a it's a moment in the world it's when so that funny. shit comes out yeah, it's great i was i was um the character that they gave me was the curator which makes a lot of sense because i make a lot of playlists for myself both for or Kelly's camping trip, road trips, workout playlists, etc. I I tend to just curate my own things and listen to that on repeat yeah. until the cows come home. Fucking a music, go check it out. It's really good. <laughs> music is music is the lifeblood of our cultures. Yeah, and uh, you know, as a challenge for people out there, you step outside your comfort zone every now and then. Don't, don't or not, just stay in your comfort zone. It's totally fine. <laughs> nothing wrong with that either there's no, nothing wrong with that definitely either. listen to new stuff i got really into tyler childers this year that's probably the new thing for me like yeah, before i really only heard of like all yorn and stuff like that but that was a big outside of my comfort zone but like i like folk music but just like in terms of new things yeah okay cool all yeah. right we've only got two big categories left right we got or we've got games and movies. So do you we got just... games, movies, and miscellaneous pop miscellaneous, culture. Which, sure. Let's do miscellaneous real quick. Okay. Um, did you put anything together for this? It's like pop I culture did. events and things. I, I did, but it's my a pop... weird category. Yeah. Weird category. My, my pop culture events mostly sur- sur- are like personal events. Yeah. So is mine. Okay. It's like personal events that involve pop culture. Some of these don't straight up don't involve pop culture, but uh... that's fine. So I'm going to go do. first. Yeah, go five. first. The Harrison Ford, like, thank you tour that happened this year. So essentially, like, if you, like me, are obsessed with the Indiana Jones franchise, watching a lot of the press junket for that was a lot of people just, like, thanking him for his body of work and, like, thanking him for, for making all these wonderful things that a lot of people really fell into in their youth, like Indiana Jones and Star Wars and stuff. And he was just like emotionally moved by a lot of things. So it's just cool to see him like, cause he's never won an Oscar. I don't even think he's ever been nominated, 
But for him to come out what? and make how a is major... That, how is that possible? <laughs> I know. To make a major, re- not really a successful release, but a major movie like a new Indiana Jones movie in his 80s. And like having people like express their thanks for him was awesome, as well as him getting recognized by other properties to be in things, such as right. 1923, Shrinking, and Indiana Jones were all this year. So I just wanted to kind of like plug in that okay. that was really special to me as a big Harrison Ford fan to see him get like a lot of recognition from people. Okay. Um. Yeah. In no particular order here, I'm going to throw in Barbenheimer. Yeah. That's one of mine. That's one of yours. Yeah. yeah. I mean like, Oh no, it was one the... of mine. That was an honorable mention of mine. Yeah. Okay. Are, we're not ranking these though. We're just like, I, I have them. In oh, you no have particular... them ranked? No, no, no. I have them in no particular order. Okay. Yeah. I don't have them ranked either. I have them in no particular. I'm reading them in a way that I wrote them down. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Barbenheimer, just a big pop culture moment. I mean, it was like, that was like the official, like, okay, theaters are back. Like yeah. they're yeah. Th- like, not only are casual people going to the movies again, but it's like movies are an event. And we really hadn't felt that in since 2019, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had still at their very best going to see the 1975 yeah. with you and Emily and your brother. Um. That's the only concert I went to last year, I think. I don't go to a lot of concerts. No shit, really? often, yeah. But I had a great time. (laughs) I had a really good time. (laughs) I'm glad you did. The set design is really cool. Like, I I do want to plug that. I think that 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 was really awesome. And it it was cool to see you vibing to your favorite band. That was very special for me to witness from what I can remember. Yeah, and I'm glad that you were there and you made the trek to to make that happen. But yeah, I, I mean... Uh, yeah, it was like, I think that I have to do the math, but I think that was like the 15th time that I've seen the 1975 live or something <laughs> like that. Um, but yeah, great, great tour. Great. You know, it was a cool to see them in an arena show. Um, but I'm, yeah. I'm that, most the happy. The newest that, album was probably my favorite of the ones that I've listened to via vis-a-vis you. Um, so that was cool to get to see all that stuff live in particular. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that they, I mean, they do a really great job of like, you know, making a set list pretty palatable for people that, you know, are into their stuff like surface level wise. But then it's also like they had a bunch of like B cuts and like fucking C list. Like I was like, there were a couple moments in the concert. I was like, they're playing this song right now. And and so I always appreciate bands that do that. And so for sure, I feel like every time I've seen them live has been a different experience, but um, that was probably my favorite time seeing them live. Um, So it was a good show. Yeah, that was that made my list too. Um, to- totally not. I wrote a trip to Austin, January twenty twenty three. That was one of my yeah. things. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. That yeah. did that did have something to deal with pop culture a little bit. We saw. Um, didn't we go? Did we go see a movie that time or no? We did not go see a movie in January. No, I don't think yeah. so. We just helped organize the storage unit. We just went through the storage unit. And so hung out with Olu and Cal. So yeah. in a way, we were handling old pop culture. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's all it all ties together. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great trip. I had the Rihanna halftime performance. Yeah, culturally yeah. significant, very Big significant moment. to me. Um, love Rihanna, love her music. I thought that that was the best part of that Super Bowl for sure. Agreed. In conjunction with that, I'll have I have um, the Bengals losing to the Chiefs in the playoffs. Yeah, <laughs> that was tough. <laughs> Tough day. Tough loss. Boy. Tough loss. It was Tough fun, though. Loss. You were surrounded by Grayson and I. Yeah, I had a lot of friends. I let and then we were just like, bye. We got to drive back to Cleveland <laughs> like right after the game. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so there is that definitely. Um, I wrote down uh, the winter classic hockey game that we went to this year. Yep. That was an yeah. awesome moment. Ohio State versus Michigan College hockey at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland outdoors. It's really fun. It was a yeah. good day. Yeah. I had the Danny DeVito Last of Us TikTok where they splice Danny DeVito into the Last oh. of Us. Hilarious. <laughs> I forgot about that. Probably the best content of the entire year. <laughs> from like, I've got a hose. I'll blow into it. <laughs> what the hell are we doing? Wait, wait a second. Is it a gangbang? <laughs> um, I wrote down Cinco de Mayo weekend and seeing Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah, um, that was a good one. That was a fun weekend, uh, yep. losing you at the casino and then going to see Guardians a couple of days later. That was not the same weekend. The, that was not the, the casino, same weekend. No, the casino weekend was was the AFC division. Oh, game. that's right. This right. is cold that's... outside. Okay, yeah. got it. Yeah, no, May no, Cinco de Mayo weekend was my makeup for meeting Emily for the first time, <laughs> <laughs> where I was more uh, in check. So that was cool. Uh, the last one that I had written down was Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind, which was a is a roller coaster at uh, Disney's yeah. Epcot that I got to ride for the first time this year. Probably one of the coolest roller coasters I've ever been on, and very much more special by getting to ride it with Julia. Hmm. It's very special. That's person. nice. Yeah. Um, the last thing that I wrote on here was I went to go to the Bourbon and Beyond Festival yeah. in Louisville. Yeah, you so did. That was my festival of the year. It had been years since my last festival, just because of like. Bunbury had a bit of a struggle toward the finish line there. They ended up canceling the, the festival in Cincinnati. Um, yeah. But yeah, Bourbon and Beyond, um, you guys had went last year or two years ago and got to see yeah. uh, Pearl Jam. And you guys talked about how cool the festival was. And Emily and I decided to go for the whole four-day shindig. So we got to see a bunch of awesome people, a bunch of people in concert that I've never seen before, like Brandy Carlisle, Hozier, Duran Duran, Bruno Mars, um fucking black keys black crows fucking uh th the best performance was um wayne newton yeah. i just love the shit out of wayne newton that was awesome yeah um but yeah that was a fun 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 time i i miss festivals i love i love live music and you know a festival environment is just amazing just wake up when you wake up crack open a beer walk over to the theater <laughs> fucking smoke one drink one drink a bourbon <laughs> eat a hot dog i feel like you were born to be like a festival rat <laughs> just like... dude, dude if i did if i didn't care enough about like having insurance and a job with a steady paycheck i would absolutely be like a music festival bum yep it's like trading stuff for for food yeah i'm the guy that lives at burning man when everyone drives away i'm like all right, see Bye. you. Come back Bye. real soon. I'll see you next year. Yeah. <laughs> you are the burning man. <laughs> I'm the effigy. All right. There you go. Um, all right. So now games. Video games. I actually have enough to fill the list of five and an honorable <laughs> mention. So that's exciting. Fucking A. All right. Well, honorable mentions. You go ahead. Uh Jedi Survivor. Just not a perfect game. I had a lot of fun playing it for a little bit. Had a lot of frustrations playing it. Go listen to us talk about that. Where mine had a game-ending bug where I had to restart the game. Um, EA and Star Wars, not my favorite combo. I do like the Cal Kestis games a lot. The first game is far superior for me. It's just tighter. Agreed. Got a better story. 
Like but this has some really cool locations, like going to Jeddah and everything like that. And I thought some of the mechanics that they introduced in this was really cool, as well as the different lightsaber stances. Overall, fun yet for- forgettable Star Wars game, I think. So. Okay. Yeah. Do you have any honorable mentions? I do. Yeah, I have six. Take it away, Ernie. Um, Jedi Survivor was one of my honorable mentions. Um, I'm also gonna nominate Starfield. I I didn't love this game, um, but it does yeah, make tell the me list Buffett, because... the astronaut. Yeah, tell me Buffett the astronaut, fucking flying around the galaxy. He was a he was a rebel rogue. He really didn't take answers from anybody. Um, <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> uh, but I burned out on that game hard. I was like the first ten hours I thought were really fun, and then I started to really just hate the experience after that. So. Um, Bethesda's kind of on a cold streak for me right now. Like the last Indiana Jones game comes out. Well, that's a different studio. So, but that's Bethesda something or other. I don't know who's making the people that made tomb Raider are making that game. I think that's what I want. (laughs) Yeah. Um, but no, this Bethesda studio is like the fallout company and like the, uh, elder scrolls. And like, I just haven't really enjoyed the last couple of those games. So, um, but yeah, jet, Diablo four. It was fun. Hack and slash that that, it was a fun little experience. I didn't love it, but I I thought it was fun. Um, Mario wonder makes the honorable mentions because there was that the game itself is fine. It's, it's a fun, creative Mario platform. It's exactly what you expect. It's going to be. I paid $60 for it, which is $50 too much. Um, but it did provide one hilarious evening where we got wine drunk. You, me and Emily and did three player co-op. And that was a lot of fun. So yeah, I miss so much that. fun that it's my number four game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I loved it. I thought it was really fun. <laughs> it was one night was good enough for me. <laughs> Damn, I feel like we played hilarious. like twelve hours of it, and because you brought it up for Fourth of July, I think too. That's true. We did play or, it. No, it was week. Halloween or something. Halloween. Like you, you and I specifically, like Emily, you and I played it a lot that first night. But when you brought it up for Halloween and you and I played some more, I feel like I played like six to seven hours of that game, which is good enough to make the list for your boy. <laughs> and well, and you didn't play uh, that game is like only 10 hours long. So you I almost you, finished it. You almost finished it. <laughs> um, Final Fantasy 16 was really fun. Cool, deep RPG. Really enjoyed it. Um, Sea of Stars was probably my biggest surprise of the year. It's like an indie throwback turn based really RPG. Good. Yeah, hers really good. Beautiful art style. Super fun game. Bless you. Thank you. Um, yeah, so that was a lot of fun. Um, I think it's still like forty dollars or something like that, which is a lot. I played it on Game Pass. I think that you nab this game for fifteen bucks. It's really, really fun. It's a super cool throwback RPG. Um, Rogue Legacy Two, super awesome roguelike game. Just like it's what I've been playing a lot in the mornings with a cup of coffee, like before work. Um, just when I feel like playing a video game, it's like you can pick up the controller, go on a run kill some monsters, try to save the castle, die, and then start that again. And then it's like, okay, well, yep. Uh, And then, yeah, that's all my honorable mentions. All right. My number five game is NBA 2K24. Nice. Uh, They have not had an an entry into the series that has convinced me into buying a new NBA game since probably like late college. So for them to introduce this new eras thing that I texted you and Cal about, which is essentially they have four decades worth of rosters in addition to the current NBA rosters for every team. Right. Really cool to have the Kobe, the Michael, the LeBron, and then the Magic and Bird era just as, as an accessible play feature. So you can play random, you know, like the 2010 Orlando Magic, which is one that I play a lot of. 
Um, really cool. They have a lot of fun, like single player things like the my player and stuff that a lot of people are really into that requires a lot of money because you got to buy virtual currency for that i don't play any of that shit i just play like random games and for me that's fun enough so yeah how much did you spend on it by the way i got it on sale for 40 bucks 40 and you feel like that was worth it for the package yeah for sure i've I played it a lot i still play it every now and then so yeah yeah i saw the other day i, I missed it the sale but um, Madden. Don't buy it. Just play it when you come to my house. We'll just play each other. I, I'm. I don't like basketball enough to to buy it on my own. Yeah. But I was thinking about buying the, like a Madden game to just have on the console. Um, yeah. And I, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's fun. But yeah, one of these days maybe we'll get that new one. Although the new one, have you seen? They took Josh Allen off the cover of the new Madden, and now it's Michael Vick. <laughs> Imagine getting replaced with that guy. Yeah, I know. He must feel great. <laughs> old doggy doggy miguel <laughs> um Haley steinfeld's like this is what i'm dating i'm dating god, i'm she dating starts dating michael vick <laughs> oh my god isn't michael vick like 80 no he's like he's probably like 41 i'm looking it up how old is michael vick 43 you're right isn't he Damn. 80 <laughs> That's funny. Only 40 years off. All right. My yeah. number my number five was Hogwarts Legacy. Mm, still haven't played it. So I guess that's one that I want. I wish I would have played. Yeah. Hogwarts Legacy surprised the hell out of me. It's not perfect. But the fact that we finally got a, a wizarding world, open world RPG where you can go to class and learn spells and upgrade your character and customize your robes and choose your house and go on missions. It's like it, it's literally you know it's it's a it's it's what i've been saying with pokemon why can't we just fucking figure this shit out they figured this shit out with hogwarts now figure this shit out with pokemon Pokemon. also star wars what the fuck are we doing the jedi games are good but why why hasn't someone made an open world jedi game yet star wars game it's unbelievable yeah crazy it's 2023 assholes what are you doing it's 2024 so i just can't believe that it took this long for this game to happen but it's it's so fun like my own my biggest criticism is that it, it's a t for teen game so the violence yeah. there's like you can do some spells like avada kedavra and stuff like that but you're really just you can kill people. people no you're stunning people with avada kedavra yeah so they tone down all the violence and you don't kill anybody in the game well that's the killing curse how does that No, it just stuns them or you'll aim stupid as fuck. Or you'll aim your wand at someone and it, the Avada Kedavra curse won't be highlighted. It'll only be highlighted for like monsters and stuff. Oh, so you're just killing innocent living creatures. Just not Got humans. It. Humans Thanks, is Pete. killing humans makes it M-rated and, and W Warner Brothers can't have that. No, they can't. Also, no pussy. <laughs> i want to be able to like make relationships and fuck (laughs) you want it to be like a jrpg i want to be like gta gta with wizards are you kidding damn baby you got it all (laughs) i want to go boiling cauldron nimbus 2000 i want to go all all in madam pomfrey's office and be like yo baby what to do (laughs) you like take a polyjuice potion to go to a strip club so that you appear older and you're just in there getting lap dances from a goblin so I think that the game is good. It it could have been great. I just think, I hope the next iteration is a little less like goofy and cartoony. Like I would like to see it matured a little bit, but I know they're not going to do that. So whatever. 
Yeah. Well, I definitely want to check it out. Uh, my number four was Super Mario Wonder, which we already talked about. I thought it was fun. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I don't, I did. You don't need to buy this game, by the no, way. No, like, I'm not planning to, but I, I had a great time playing it. And I feel like it had just enough interesting, nuanced things for a Mario platformer that has been coming out for the better part of 50 years. Right. That uh, made it unique enough of an experience for me. They're all great. Here's my problem with most Nintendo games is that they're all awesome and innovative and like too I expensive. think yeah. but they're too expensive. If this Mario Wonder game was $20, beautiful, perfect. You'll you'll yeah. spend a, an, a weekend with it, but I am having more and more of a problem the older I get with dropping $60 on a Nintendo game that's not Zelda. Like yeah. It it's $60 and that's just it's a Fugazi. It's a Fuguzi. It's out there. It's in the ether. Yeah. It's like I, I for like ten dollars more, you can get Alan Wake too. Yeah, exactly. That's the fun. Yeah. That again, that's the crazy the Nintendo tax man. It's like yeah, Alan Wake two was recently on sale for what forty dollars on the PSN store. That's like a nineteen hour game with bonus content after you're finished and DLC on the way. It's like and it's unique and new. Whereas like sure. Super Mario games are gonna be like a new iteration of the same thing. Yeah. It it. Nintendo games are fun. They're beautiful. They have a childlike imagination and they run really well, but it's just, yeah, I just am having a harder time justifying the cost the older I get. Yeah. My number four was Resident Evil 4 Remake, um, which I know this is on your list of games to play this year. It's in my shopping cart, yeah. (laughs) Um, It's really, really good. Uh, The Resident Evil, I mean, like, it is probably one of the best survival horror games ever made. Um, I had some exposure to Resident Evil 4. Like, I played it, but mostly when I rented it, I remember renting it for the GameCube and it was it was still back in the day where I was like not very good at video games still like so yeah. you remember back when where it's like you would just play the first few levels of Mario over and over again until you lost and then you just go back and play the same levels yep. again. Yeah, yeah, I remember. That was that was Resident Evil for me is that I would get to that scene in the church courtyard where you're shooting people. I would lose every time and then get booted back to the very beginning of the fucking game. <laughs> yeah. So I had exposure to the game, but not a whole lot. And the remake is is so fucking fun. Like, yeah. I want, monsters, I want to play it really bad. The the environments, it is literally the perfect game to play in spooky season. So, you know, it yeah, it's a weird time. To, not a weird time to play now, but just it was a cool thing to play like gloomy. Yeah, I think January church. is the perfect time for like a second Halloween. Sure. It's like gloomy. I felt very comfortable as the snow was falling outside last night watching Fall of the House of Usher. Just getting my mind scared wide open. Yeah, sounds peaceful. Yeah. Sounds good. My number three was Spider-Man 2, which I'm only 35% into it. Otherwise, it could have been higher. But honestly, like once I read my number one and my number two, I I actually still don't know if I finish it if I like Spider-Man more than those games. Spider-Man 2 is a really, really fun game. I'm enjoying the hell out of it. Um, The story isn't gripping me a whole lot so far. But I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. I love Spider-Man. I love Marvel Comics. So it's it's a really great game to play. And it feels so good swinging around in New York City. But it's nothing like super compelling in the way that my top two are. So that's why it's all the way down here at three. Yeah, it's also my number three. Oh, there um, you go. It's good. I, I really, really enjoyed it. I had a lot of great fun with it. I mean, the game is is super tight mechanical wise like just the feeling of swinging and doing all that stuff and fighting is really fun but yeah, yeah i agree the story isn't like the best thing in the world but i i liked it toward the end like the last like four or five hours were i thought the best parts of the game excited um, to get there so we'll see when you get there i think i thought that was pretty good i just um, rescued charlie parker's saxophone that was the last thing i did before hopping on here <laughs> so 
I saved the the Brooklyn uh, oh. Jazz Museum or the Harlem right, Jazz right, Museum. Right, 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 right. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that. Side mission Magoo over here. Um, also, fun platinum. Uh, it's a really fun platinum. It's basically basically a complete completionist platinum, but it's like after I was done with the main story, I would just like pop in an earphone or put on a vinyl and like listen to music or listen to a podcast and just swing and around just the city. Beat the shit out of people. Yeah. Yeah. This is like there was one there was one session where I was going really ham on like fighting some of the creatures in the that show up as like random encounters. And I was listening to a Frank Sinatra record at the time. And it's just like you're <laughs> That's nobody life. till somebody loves you. <laughs> just That's really it. funny. To hear asked me a really interesting question the other day. Would you rather get knocked out by Insomniac Spider-Man or the Rocksteady Arkham Batman? Mm. so you're gonna live most likely going to the icu at the hospital who would you <laughs> who would you rather get taken down by <laughs> uh well i feel like spider-man's a dangerous game because some of the special attacks that you could get taken down with he's like taking like sewer drains and throwing them at people and like that's you're not living through that or the fucking symbiote you. like pushes you up against a brick wall Whereas, but like Batman, on the other hand, like some of those Arkham takedowns, you like take an elbow to the the throat. Yeah, it's <laughs> just like, like you're probably never talking the same way again, right? Like no, no, you're like imagine if I came on Radio and I was like, hey Zach, how's it going? I just Batman accidentally elbowed me. You know, it's like it doesn't seem like ideal situation. I think I'd rather have Batman take me down. He seems faster. Whereas like Spider Man. Like if I get webbed into a wall as like how I get knocked out, that seems painful. I don't want miles to like, like electric punch me and like <laughs> put me in, put me in a shock where my heart stops for five minutes or something. Yeah. The ones where they take you up and like swing you around and throw you down like head first into the pavement. It's like Batman's just going to punch me really hard. Batman's like terrible calculated. Yeah. Like the worst one for me would probably be Batman. Like grapple hooks me through the shoulder pulls me closer and then judo kicks me in the face that wouldn't be very fun but I, yeah and then he'd also be you. cool to get knocked out by <laughs> kevin conroy <laughs> that's the thing it's like it sounds cooler to tell people that i was knocked out by batman then yeah exactly. oh, I, got, I got thrown into a wall by spider-man yeah batman threw me in a fucking box <laughs> very cool all right my number two did you have anything else you want to say about spider-man nope my number two breaks the rule but this is the big one where i was like it didn't come out in 2023 but i played it in 2023 it's god of war ragnarok so you came were out. on a delay right so it came out fall 2022 but you didn't play it until i didn't get day. it until christmas and i started playing it and finished it in january of 2023 so for me i played it this year or this last year so for me it's in it's in my rankings it's my number two it's phenomenal good story really expands and builds on the first game in a way that I think is awesome in a way that I haven't necessarily felt with Spider-Man yet. If I'm being honest, I feel like the, the leaps taken with God of War Ragnarok feel new and fresh. Um, plus the Valhalla DLC is really cool. Just like, yeah, if you're looking for a good story game, I feel like it's going to be this one yeah. that Zach's about to list here in a minute and then some other stuff. So God of War is like God of War season two is like an HBO premiere season of television spider-man 2 is like a marvel movie yep yeah god of war ragnarok has one of the coolest like like multiple cool moments that i'll, I'll never forget playing for the first time you know like going to visit the fates right and then making the spear 
or Loki fighting oh, the dude, giant, the like stuff Holy like shit. that. Like it's that just all awesome. awesome. Yeah, really cool. Fighting Heimdall, you know, things like stuff like that is like unforgettable for me. Yeah, this is why video games exist is to push the envelope for the console and for you to experience something so epic and cinematic. And, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And uh, my number two is Zelda. Okay, that's my number. Which one. is your number one? Mm-hmm. So, um, obviously. <laughs> uh. So yeah, go ahead and give your number two. Though God of War was my number two. Oh, that was your number two. So my number two is Zelda, and we'll talk about that here in a second. So let's just talk about it now. Yeah, let's Zelda. talk about it now. <laughs> <laughs> That's how math works. That is how it works. God damn. Uh, so here's the thing is I've actually only beaten two out of the four dungeons so far in Tears of the Kingdom. So main story-wise, I haven't progressed a whole lot, but I've logged so many hours into that game this year. Absolutely loved it. Thank you for getting it for me. It was a, that was a friendly gift that you gave me. Um, it's is my favorite game of the year. It's there. It's everything that was in Breath of the Wild that I loved, and then some. Adding the underground and the Sky Kingdom, as well as you know, just like exponentially more fun puzzle building and creativity aspects with the with the builder concept with the hand. I know a lot of people were pushing back on that originally. I, for one, loved it from the very beginning. Felt really cool to me to have that option. Like, it's so fun to just be walking around after you made a stew by the fire. And then you see, like, a camp full of goblins. And you're like, well, what could, what what death device could I make that I could roll in and just ruin these guys' days? And you, like, find a tree and you chop it down. Chop, chop, chop. And then you make this gigantic log with wheels with a cannon on the front. And then you just drive into this village and blow up some goblins. Can't do that anywhere else that I know of. So, nope. for me, it's great. All the side missions are really fun for me. Like I just have a good time living in that world. Yeah. Except for when I go to the underground, it's kind of scary down there. Terrifying. Uh, yeah. I think that uh, it was, it was it, breath of the wild is one of my favorite games of all time, just because it was such a moment in like pop culture. Like that was still, you know, it, it's weird. Like breath of the wild and Pokemon go. And like, there's a bunch of, other, and like MCU at, at the peak, it's like before COVID kind of came around and like kind of, I feel like the, the world has been in such a different place since 2020. And yeah. before that, it's like Breath of the Wild. There were all these really awesome pop culture moments of of the 2010s. And uh, like it was hard to it was going to be nigh or impossible for Nintendo to make a follow up, a sequel to that game. But somehow they were able to game make a game that I think improves on a lot of things. I, for one, didn't like the building mechanics and was never completely sold on them. I found them more annoying than anything else because I think the best things about Zelda are the the exploring and the combat. I think it's really fun to fight people and like create clever weapons and like get to specific places and like, you know, get strategic pairing, blocking, attacking. Uh, And I felt like the building just added this unnecessary like clunkiness to traversal. Sometimes it's fun. Figuring out for the first time that you can meld a rocket to your shield and like hit the rocket so that your shield flies up in the air and you're and you with it. That's fun. Yeah, that's, that's fun. Or you put but, a spring on it so that when people yeah. hit it, they fly backwards. Right. But then there were some like puzzles and dungeons or like moments of the game where it's like you have to build something to traverse a crevice or whatever. And after like the 30th failed attempt of like trying to put these blocks on top of each other, I was like. I'm just straight up not having a good time right now, bro. <laughs> like, Seems like a like a poor craftsman blames his tools type of situation. It, yeah. it, probably, yeah. And I also <laughs> feel like such a dingus, like trying to because I was like, I'm like trying to lift this shit over, and Link will be like lifting the thing or whatever, and so it's like, 
you and like close their head. I'm like, God damn it, Link, what the fuck are you doing? Or you like try to make a bridge and you you think it's gonna land and then you drop it and it just goes into a chasm and you're like, well, that sucks. Let me redo yeah. it. Yeah. And I felt I bad like mean. moving Koroks around. Like anytime I had to put a Korok, uh, uh, like one that I games. absolutely that, that's my biggest complaint in the game is the the new bonus of instead of just finding Koroks, you have to take them to their friend and then it's like he's like I separ- I'm separated from my friend and then it pans up. You he's walk. like at the top of a mountain <laughs> and I was like. I was like, this sounds like a you problem. I missed There's the part some... that's my problem. <laughs> and there are some of those little motherfuckers where they're like, I got separated from my friend. And I'm like, the smoke is right there. I was like, yeah, and I there's know. a path. Like, like, I'll just push walk. you. Yeah. The best one is the one, though, that I just did this, like, literally, like, last week. He's like, I got separated from my friend. And then it pans across the ocean, and he's on an island. And I was like, how the fuck did you get over here? <laughs> Oh man! But I will say that uh, Tears of the Kingdom has two moments in Zelda that will, you know, that might be my top two favorite Zelda moments of all time, which are the first time you find the depths, which yeah, was a really. near religious experience for me in terms of the, like one of the best moments of the year for me was Zach texted me. I, I'd been playing it for like eight hours and you're like, did you go into one of the holes in the ground yet? And I was like, no what's down there and you said just go go take a peek and i was like <laughs> I was like all right he's my friend i'll go check it out I like dived into one of them immediately got down there i was like i don't like this at all it's terrifying <laughs> i don't know what's happening i'm scared <laughs> I don't yeah know yeah once you get used to it though it's really cool the music and the sound design in the depths is just awesome it's yeah. just awesome super cool and then the other thing which you haven't experienced yet is when you get the master sword and tears of the kingdom it. yeah talk about chills like when i when that happened i just like chills course through my veins it was it was crazy i'm excited i'm about to do the water temple so i've done the sky Uh, temple with the with the birds and i've done the gerudo one in the desert with the giant bug that was my least favorite one the bug the bug one i was like is this fucking men in black what are we doing here usually gerudo is like my favorite area to go to and i still think that that's my favorite region that i've been in so far but that boss was that boss a little, a little rap bastard. Yeah, yeah. All of the bosses <clears> so far have actually been kind of crappy compared to Breath of the Wild. But the game and the multiple levels of the world and the puzzles and stuff for me, it's just really fun. Did you do the uh, the the I forget what they're called the the bird animal the bird creatures? Yeah, that was you the did first that one boss. That was okay, the first one I did. that one. That cool. boss I thought was awesome. Like the, the music serpent. and the yeah. yeah the serpent in the sky. I didn't know that the bosses also translate into the depths, though, too. And I was walking around in the depths one time and that fucking thing was there again. I was like, God damn it. I can fight this guy again. (laughs) Yeah, really cool design, though, for a boss where you're like riding the gusts up and then shooting arrows at him into like his little holes. Sounds dirty. Oh, yeah. Shooting arrows into his little holes. (laughs) Shooting into his little holes. Um, yeah, but Zelda is the perfect example of Nintendo. If all of your games were this caliber of like worth the money, you yeah. know, expansive, I know that I'm going to get a lot of time out of it. It's beautiful. Like there's an awesome story in the world and the act. It's like this game being $60 and Mario wonder being $60. Both of those games coming out in the same year is like th- yep, that yep. ain't it chief. That ain't it <laughs> chief. <laughs> so exactly. My number one is Alan Wake two. What I know, no, talked about it before. Uh, I finally played it a little bit. I can now picture what yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, so I got cool. to hand off the controller. I let John play the first hour of the game. I think like, uh, yeah. so you get the exposure of kind of like the, the cold mind. open, 
which I which no spoilers for Alan Wake 2, but the cold open of like the like whatever happens in the beginning leading up to the title card sequence, which is just one of the fucking coolest things ever. Yeah. Um, but just chilling, straight up terrifying, chilling. Yeah, yeah but, absolutely chilling. But yeah, so I got to hand the control. It's hard to explain that game to somebody until you hand them the controller and you're able to see like how you're investigating the crimes and like putting notes together, yeah, collecting evidence. When you told me about it, I was intrigued because of how you mentioned that it was such a good story, but actually playing it and putting the crime case together, like I'm sold and I want to play it really bad. So between that and resident evil, those are my next two video game expenditures, but I I do want to finish the Spider-Man story before I get by another game. Yeah. Great game. Plus the last one comes out in a couple weeks. So I don't know if you heard of that, but I'll be able to play a story-based game while I play that. Cause I'm mostly just going to be playing no return. Yeah, um, I'm probably going to replay through the campaign of Last of Us Part Two. I think. Oh, I'm definitely going to I'm, I'm going to play it, but it's not going to take me very long. <laughs> that's a weekend. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that's all I really want to say, because everyone knows Alan Way 2 is my favorite. It's my favorite game of the year. I've talked about this before, but it's one that I think you go into as as blind as possible. I just dropped yep. my thing. But I'm yeah, very, uh, very excited to get it and play it. Very, very cool. I also, I, I really don't think that you need the exposure of the first game. I think it definitely, they they do like little is there? Yeah, I was going to say, is there like, because when you boot up Ragnarok, it says God of War recap. Is there like a recap at yes. the beginning? Yes, there is. And a you didn't show it to me? No. Okay. No, because. Is it the, in the story or is it in the menu? No, it's like in the menu. So it's like, okay. it's I'll, like. Could I watch wanna, that it, or, or should I not watch that? I think you can watch. Okay. I'm going to do that then when I get it. It's really, yeah, I mean, it's like. Let's see how much it is. Yeah, I think you could wait for, you could wait for a while unless you're really itching to play it. But I think you could, it could, it would probably be, I think the next time it goes on sale, you could probably grab it for like 30, 35 bucks, which is totally worth it. I mean, it's like a 20 hour game. It's long. Not on Amazon. Yeah, that's the thing is it's digital only. So it's only for sale on digital Uh... platforms. They, They never made a physical release for the game. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That makes and, that decision easier then because I have an Amazon gift card. I was going to use it, but I guess I'll use that for Resident Evil instead. Yeah. So recommend everyone go out and play it. I don't think you need to play the first one. I think you could watch a recap video on the game or on YouTube, but like the first, it really does a great job of setting a new story. I think the only reason it's called Alan Wake 2 is because it's such, it is focused on the same character, but essentially it's like a, it's almost like a reboot. It, it's hard to explain without talking about like story elements, but sure. it's really cool. So sure. that's it. Now we just have movies left. Yeah. Can we take a quick bathroom break? Yes. I was just about to ask you the same right, thing. So we'll Tool be right back after this. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And we're back from our little break to talk about the piece of the resistance, right? We're, we're movie guys over here. We talk about TV and all this stuff, but movies tend to be the big category for us every year. Yeah. Um, I've seen a lot this year. Me like, look, too. Looking back on my list of movies that I saw, like it was actually a struggle, you know, to cap it. Like I wrote down plus honorable mentions. I have like 16 movies that I wrote down that like make like the list of like, Hey, these are things that I at least like want to acknowledge that I saw. Yeah. Um, but it was a good year for movies, man. I mean, I like, Good we talked about that, at, like the summer. 
like towards the end of the summer, we're like, is is this been one of the best movie years so far? And not only was it that at that point, but then it got a lot better towards the end here as we like um kind of like coast into award season. Like they put a lot of stuff in December that's like been really strong. Some of my favorite oh, yeah. things. Yeah. Yeah, those December like the Oscar bait Oscar bait movies, like it has a bad connotation, but like award season movies tend to come out later in the year. Like yeah. Movies that are Academy Award focused movies, like movies that are going to get strong critical acclamation, but maybe not as strong commercial reception. They put those out later in the years because they're like, well, we want them to be fresher in people's minds and the voters minds and stuff like that. So, you know, it's no surprise that some of the best movies of the year come out toward the end of it. But yeah, um, yeah, we got a lot to talk about here. So do you want to rip through some honorable mentions? Yeah. And like you said, I saw a lot of things, a lot of things. So I'm going to kind of just read a couple of the ones that I wrote down, but I will chime in on some of the ones that I'm sure you mentioned because you and I saw a lot of movies together as well. Yeah. My first honorable mention is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Not a perfect movie. Not even what I would say is a great movie, but still a good movie upon rewatch and one that I enjoyed seeing. I saw it in the theaters twice. Um, You, me, Grayson and Emily saw it opening night. To a very sleepy crowd, but we did I see still, the 1015 I, showing. <laughs> yeah. I still enjoyed it. I it's much better than Skull. It's not anywhere close to the original trilogy, but has some really good memorable moments and in, in uh what will be, I think, remembered more as fa- like more fondly um towards the end of Harrison's career. So okay. Um another honorable mention I had was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Which Hell was yeah. prompted at us uh, when I we needed to do Turtle Talk for Greg. Shout out, Greg! Happy New Year, buddy. Um, I thought that this movie was really funny, really good. Loved it. Like great animation style, uh, excellent voice casting, excellent, excellent, excellent voice casting. Um, and just like reminds me a lot of the first Spider Verse movie in terms of like creativity. Speaking of which, uh, Spider Man Across the Spider Verse is another honorable mention for me. Mm-hmm. Um, what more can be said besides the fact that the best comic book movies right now are animated, arguably, uh, or at least best Spider-Man stuff. I mean, there's no other Spider-Man content right now, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> besides video games, but I mean that, that trilogy and, or maybe even quadrology, I don't know how many they're going to make, but like, what a great sequel. I don't like it more than into the Spider-Verse personally, but what a fucking awesome movie. Just beautifully rendered. Took them years to make it. And it really shows the hard work and dedication. Funny, heartbreaking, scary, very memorable. Like, and also great Rio ending. Mor- Rio Morales, give me a call whenever you're ready. Oh, yeah. Hit us up, baby. Um, yeah. Fantastic ending. Like Empire Strikes Back level ending, which is a yes. comparison that you've made a lot. So those are my honorable mentions. Okay. Yeah, both of those make mine. Um, I ranked mine in order. I, I actually did Probable like mentions. All, so you just made the top 10. Yeah, <laughs> I basically just made a top 10 list. Um, right. Re- break it down, but stop at five. We'll do uh, number 16. No one will save you. Uh, the horror movie that came out with uh, the girl that's going to be Abby. I think is is that I think Kel- that's Caitlin Devers. Caitlin Deaver, yeah, no one will save you. Did you know that Caitlin Devers played Cassie yes. in Uncharted 4? Yes, I did know that. Isn't that weird? Definitely how she got her foot in the door. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> 100% working with Neil already. Yeah, um, that's cool. Yeah, no I like one will, that a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And she's great. Uh, no One Will Save You is a really fun movie. It came to Hulu. It was on Hulu. I think it maybe had a small theatrical run, but definitely worth checking out. 
Good little horror movie. Cool little twist that I don't want to spoil. Um, number 15 is Killers of the Flower Moon. Ooh, um, Marty rolling with great. <laughs> Save your thoughts. <laughs> Can we get that soundboarded? Ooh, Marty. <laughs> yeah, save your thoughts. Okay, yeah. Uh, number 14, Talk to Me. Oh, yeah. That, was um, a good that should have been an honorable mention for me. Cool horror movie. Um, interesting premise. Uh, pretty great ending. Um, really cool. Really cool ending. Yeah. Uh, very cool ending twist. Some there, but... some good moments of of horror in that as well, but not yeah. like not a perfect horror movie. No, not the best thing you've ever seen in your life, but it was inventive enough that it made my list of like it was a memorable enough experience that I you know wanted to write it down. Definitely. Shout out to the main actress. I thought she was really good in the movie. Um, yeah. Number 13, they cloned Tyrone. Uh, this is the Jamie Foxx uh, movie. It's got John Boyega. Right? John Boyega. I think Kiki Palmer, I think, is the third part of that trio. Did I tell you this boy's going to bring a non-electrical camera? <laughs> um, such a great movie. Such a fun watch. A great twist on this, on like a sci-fi drama. Like Jamie Foxx is hysterical. John Boyega is showing his star power i still think that guy's got it i just you know they fucked him so bad they did fucking bad and he needs more roles give him more roles yeah get let him be king that would be great just do it yeah he doesn't want that shit with a he doesn't he does not want to work with disney anymore i don't blame him but god (laughs) my favorite quote for him is you ain't going disney plus me y'all not going to disney plus me uh number yeah. 12 is bottoms this is the movie we talked about yeah. a couple weeks ago uh big Rachel Ayo out of beer year yeah. yep big io year for zach uh yeah io out of beer uh just so funny inventive and original cool take on the high school drama so i like yeah. that movie quite a bit yeah. number 11 is oppenheimer save your thoughts okay number 10 is wonka nice uh which you still have not seen, but um, Uncle Cal gave his steel stamp Cal of approval. Loved it. Cal yeah, loved it. He loved it. Um, really fun movie. Uh, d- surprisingly emotional. Really well done. Definitely washes the taste of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory out of your mouth. Um, it's more with inclined. It's more in line with the Gene Wilder movie, and uh, that's one of my favorite movies of all time. So I think Wonka is really great. I can't wait to watch it again when it comes to streaming because. Um, it's a musical and I, I really like the music, like the, the moments of the, of yeah. the musical. So I've been like listening to them on Spotify, but I want to see it like in context of the movie again. So, yeah. um, check that out. My number nine was turtles. Uh, again, just a great take on the turtles, probably the best turtles movie ever made. I think it's better than the 89 turtles movie. Um, <laughs> it's definitely better than the rubber suit turtle movies. Yeah. yeah. Oh, those <laughs> that, have a that prop- yeah, sure. But that property lives to be like shown on in animation i think yeah yeah and over vacation when uh, over the holidays i threw that movie on um and watched it again i watched the first like half of it it's just such a great setup too like the or really like funny. the yeah. opening with baxter stockman shout out yep. to Giancarlo esposito oh, and then yeah. like the the cold like the cold open into the origin of the turtles it's just such a such a cool movie like yeah. really really fun yeah really good um, stuff are you excited for the last running game I think that's gonna be sick. I hope it's good. Uh, I, I, you know, movie or TV show or sometimes those comic like some of those. Ga- is it gonna be Arkham Asylum or is it gonna be like a shitty movie cash grab game? I don't know. Who's making it? That's a great question. I'm looking it up. You do your thing. Um, my number eight is Theater Camp. 
uh, again, mm-hmm. another Iowa DeBerry movie, but it's a great anyone will like this movie kind of movie. Really fun, really funny, uh, heartfelt, really enjoyed it. Uh, so check that shit out. My number seven is Blackberry, which you still haven't seen. Yeah, I need to see it. Yeah, it's crazy to think when I saw this movie, I was like, this is the best movie of the year. Nothing will top this. I bet this is the best Movie I'll see this whole year, Glenn Howerton, shoe in for best actor. And then we just had the rest of 2023, which blew this out of the water. So unfortunately, yeah, I thought Blackberry was going to end up in my top five, but it got Black edged Forest out by a couple games. things. Never heard of that. Sorry. Yeah, I've not heard of them either. Um, And then my number six was Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Again, to echo everything you said, just builds off the first one really well i still think that i like spider verse the first one more as a standalone movie but this i think is a sequel is really cool and presents i think the next one's gonna be the the next one has the potential to be the best one i think i think so too um boy spider ham coming back oh baby bring back spider ham yeah you ever just float through the air when you smell a delicious pie (laughs) that's all folks (laughs) and that's all what's wrong with cartoons all right, top five. Mm, you go first. Okay. This was really hard. I, it's It was incredibly hard. This is very, very hard. So coming in at number five um, was a movie that I just watched this past week. Alexander Payne's The Holdovers. Okay, the Paul Giamatti one. Yeah, Paul Giamatti. Uh, it's on Peacock now. So yeah. And I knew that all I knew about it was that it was like a kind of a coming of age drama, Alexander Payne movie. Um, And I knew that it was Christmas oriented in a way. And so since it came on streaming, I was like, well, I don't I don't want to wait too long after the new year to watch this because otherwise I might not be in the right mood. Um, Everyone should see this fucking movie. This movie is is beautifully made. It is so it is like the best way to describe this movie is like the best bowl of comfort chicken noodle warm soup on a cold day. Mm -hmm. It's like it is a comfort movie through and through. It's brilliant performances, some really great humor, some emotional gut punch stuff that will really kill you. uh, But like some lovely themes and like themes of growing up and like what it means to like look up to somebody and have like what it, what a father figure is. And like, it is, it is powerful, man. It is such a good movie and there's some really great stuff. And also it's just the vibe of the movie. It's shot like a movie that exists. Like, I think it takes place in, it's like during the time of the Gulf war, I think. Um, But it's like just the vibe of the movie, all the, like the, uh, the way that people talk, the things that they're watching on TV, like, the music it's uh, and it's shot in this like snowy town in new England. So it's just like this really cozy feeling movie. It's like, yeah. I don't know. I fucking loved it. I thought Paul Giamatti was great. Uh, Best probably Santa Claus. Yeah. Santa Claus. Yeah, that's true. Um, Paul Giamatti was awesome. I think he's my second favorite performance of the year. Second favorite performance. Yeah. Of the whole year. Second okay. favorite performance of the whole year. Period? Of, or in movies of the year of the year. Wow. Just like of all time shows and movies of the year. Yes. Man and woman. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just trying to put so. some stress in. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Cool. I would say so. 
but yeah, it's it's a great movie. I think everyone should watch it. It's on Peacock. No excuses. Go check it out. It's beautiful. It's such a wonderful movie. Right on. My number five is Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese's American Western crime epic. Um, you, me, Julia, and Grayson went and saw this in theaters, which I think is is the one of the best ways to see it. Um, I think it's a really good adaptation of the book. It's different enough that it made it kind of like interesting to watch where they put all of the what is essentially the twist in the book very upfront at the beginning really good performance from leonardo dicaprio lily gladstone and robert de niro as well as a big cast of supporting characters as you know pretty typical with scorsese movies but i just think it looks good like it looks really good the way that they built movie. that whole town in oklahoma and stuff like that it's just like you could tell the 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 passion project aspect of it for him really shone through Jesse Plemons gives such a good like I don't want to say underused because the way that they frame it is he's not the main character of the movie in the way that uh, Tom White is the protagonist of the novel. Um, but when he is in it, it is that whole third act is lights out. And I think it just a really important message in a year of movies with a lot of messages as well. So I understand why it's not, you know, super high on your list but for me it, it gave pretty much everything that i was hoping to get out of it i was never expecting it to be more entertaining than goodfellas or wolf of wall street or the departed or even you know what i mean but i think it is a beautifully crafted movie that is going to be completely stunted at the oscars in pretty much every category except for maybe supporting actress so yeah i like the movie just because it's my number 15 doesn't mean i mean this has just been a great year it's movies. a good year like yeah, really good all year. these movies are really really good i liked kills of Flamin quite a bit I just think that it's not my style of movie. Like I, 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 it's very plotting and very slow and like, yeah. it's intriguing. I don't want like people to think like, Oh, Zach doesn't like it. Cause don't got explosions in the first five minutes. It's like, <laughs> I can sit through a long ass movie. I like long movies, but I, I just, you know, it's a slower <laughs> biopic. There's a lot of talking in the very first hour, not a whole lot of action and plot. Like there's not a whole lot of like, yeah. what are we doing? What is happening? It, the, the Kind of the story is very unclear as as it's happening. Like, and I don't know if the book is any different, but it's kind of like, we're not the sure. The book is a murder mystery, on. which is interesting. See, I think that would have been better, but I think that Martin- But that's not Scorsese style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's more that, of like, yeah. he wanted to show- what villains white people are essentially that was his take on the on the book so yeah and i think that like it's that makes it a probably a better more poignant um message yes. but as an entertainment product as a film as a movie it is less entertaining than watching like going into that movie not knowing like i had a theory about what was going to happen but they pretty much just spell it out right off from the get-go that he's the killer and i was like one well, of the killers yeah yeah like, a lot well. of killing <laughs> so yeah but, i think that i mean the, no sorry go ahead no i was just gonna say i think the best thing about this movie is the performances i think lily gladstone is excellent i think that she's probably a shoe in for best actress um yeah, yeah that I, I love the sequence of when lily gladstone's mom passes away and then wakes up in the american indian afterlife and it's like beautiful. silent yeah, yeah really it's a cool stuff moment. so i think like the performances are the best part. I would agree with you, but I will say the direction style I found to be extremely visually striking as well from like, especially that pan out shot at the end of everybody dancing around and stuff like that too. Like 
just Marty in his late years, just really going for it in a way that I respect a lot more than the Irishman. A lot oh, more. Dude, the Irishman is, um, I think Careful. this is better than the Irishman, but the <laughs> Irishman like is not a great looking movie, I think. No. Like, and this list looks like beautiful. Like yeah, every shot looks, has a purpose. It's like a, yeah, really, really just visually appealing looking movie. Yeah. Very good stuff. All right. What's your number four? My number four is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. You can save that one. My number four is Oppenheimer, which I think you had down at 13. What it was? 11. 11. Um, Christopher Nolan's back, baby. Not that he ever really left, but he left for me. And that was a big deal when we talked about Barbenheimer. <laughs> I think this movie is awesome. I still have only seen it once, so maybe it would be in a different spot if I'd seen it more than once. Or maybe it even, you know, change where it's at entirely but very excited to revisit it i thought that the movie was for historical fiction still like still had some really cool nolan energy that he typically brings to a lot of his other projects is definitely not my favorite nolan movie you can go listen to us talking about ranking our nolan movies um when we did the barbenheimer pod but killian murphy great performance have an incredible supporting cast like insane the amount of people that are in the movie Matt Damon being a standout, obviously. Crumholtz, uh, Emily Blunt, obviously Robert Downey Jr. is fantastic. Our boy Alden Ehrenreich is really good. Like, it's just like he gets some really good, very small, like, surf screen time performances out of people. Um, But also just, you know, again, like I said earlier, a lot of good messages in movies this year. And this one being a little bit more haunting is not exactly like what you want out of all of your movies but it's important to have this every now and then i think sure yeah i uh again it goes back to the killers of the flower moon thing like i i I, it's just like this historical biopic genre has just never been my favorite thing it's not my favorite cup of tea um it's also just not what i want to see out of nolan like but i i i think that he's like changing a little bit i think that this is a this is a defining moment in his career he did he did Dunkirk and then Tenet, which failed. And then he did this, which succeeded. Um, and I think that Nolan's only going to fall deeper down this rabbit hole. I like Christopher Nolan better when he's telling us weird, crazy, wild stories that are like character driven. And they have these interesting plot elements, or maybe there's something supernatural about them, or maybe there's something beyond believability, but yeah. historical fiction or historical nonfiction is just absolutely not what I want out of Christopher Nolan. And I get that I'm in the minority at this point because it seems like the world wants more of this. People are like, oh, well, I didn't I didn't great. want more of it after Dunkirk. The, the way that he did it for this was more interesting to me, though. Like and I don't really I haven't seen Dunkirk since I thought in the theaters since I saw it in the theaters. So I can't really immediately directly compare it. But like the. <sighs> See, gut reaction, I would rather watch Dunkirk again over Oppenheimer because Dunkirk is an hour and 45 minutes. This movie's like almost three hours long. Yeah, but it's so fucking good. <laughs> it's so long. <laughs> yeah, right, that's fine. You know, yeah, it's, my list I mean, and your list, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, I know. But it's like, I don't know. I, I just, I thought that Dunkirk had a really tight, I think that the beginning and the end of I don't give a shit about what happened in Dunkirk. Like that whole battle means nothing to me. Whereas like the nuclear Holocaust and creating something that can destroy our planet and the implications of that and carrying that weight shown on screen is a lot more intriguing to me 
not necessarily in a good way, but in a way that I is actually like very, it's stuck with me in a way that I can't really say about anything in Dunkirk at all. Sure. I don't care about England, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I am going to rewatch it. Um, I'm yeah. not paying for it again, though. What, 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 if Once it's on streaming, <laughs> I'll rewatch it. They, they still, dude, it's like $35 to buy this movie still. It's like, yeah. Nolan, come on. I paid. He's making up his tenant stuff. He back. is making <laughs> up for tenant. Yeah. Tenant yeah. was such a historical Let him do his plot. thing. It's good. That guy gave us the Dark Knight. You can do whatever the fuck he wants. That's a good point. Yeah. The uh, first act is called The Pledge. The first turn. Yeah. So, uh, Nolan, come back, baby. I want you back on the weirdness, weird side. I, yeah. But, you know, I, that's just me. I feel like. I, I agree. I, I want to see more stuff in the same vein as Inception and, and Tenet. But I'm, I was very much okay with the historical premise that he chose. I don't want to see him make war movies anymore, though. I was, I was completely uninterested in Dunkirk. Like, and that may be a bad take for me, but. If there's anything is, I like less than historical biopics, it's war movies. Like I, I, so it's like this at least had like some like political intrigue and things sure. that I really enjoy as well as like betrayal and, you know, um, I, I you know, I just love fucking science, man. What can I, say? I fucking <laughs> I love, love watching, science, bro. <laughs> I love watching people do science. It's great. <laughs> um. Yeah. OK, cool. What's your number three? All right, my number three is the Iron Claw. That's my number three. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Tonight I walk with my brothers. Um, did you watch it? I'm assuming you did. Never mind. Those are dumb <laughs> What I meant to say was, did when you did watch you see it? it? When did you watch it? Yeah, so I saw it yesterday. Um, wow. Okay. Yeah. I saw it yesterday. I uh, saw a 12:50 screening at the Esquire in Cincinnati. Beautiful little art house Oof. cinema. Daytime Iron Claw is a tough, tough choice, man. Uh, there were like 15 other people in the theater. Okay. Uh, so movie's still doing well, um, although it is like an NDA 24 movie. So and it doesn't have like a huge marketing budget. So I, I thought it was surprising that there were some people still there checking it out. But um, yeah, so if this is both of our number three, we can go ahead and just like talk about the movie for a little bit. Yeah, spoilers for like the next five minutes, but this is this is also real history. So, yeah, yeah. I, um, and did you know anything about the Von Erics before seeing the movie, or no? Okay, I, I just no, knew that they had one. I just knew one of them was still alive, and I assumed it'd be it'd be Efron, but I didn't know any of them by name. I'm not like a diehard wrestling fan or anything like that, but I, I had heard the stories in the same way that like I've watched documentaries about Andre the Giant and things. So yeah. I don't know, man. I thought this movie was fucking brilliant. I thought it's it was really good. It's really good. There's so many good movies this year. Like, in, yeah. in, if this came out like two years ago, this was this would have been far away, far and away the best movie of the year for me, for sure. It had a lot of things that I want, which is like, is like sports godfather, essentially. You know what I mean? Like, ugh. great performances, great ensemble. Like, Zach Efron, definitely the best performance of his career by far. And I think my favorite performance of the year. I think Zac Efron's yeah. is a shoe in for best actor, best lead yeah. actor. Yeah, I I wish they would give it to Bradley Cooper for Rocket Raccoon, but they won't. So <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think Zac Efron should win, and I hope he does. Um, he is amazing, absolutely amazing. Like 
so what a roller coaster ride that movie is too, man. Like, and then where it leaves you at the end, like I was, I don't know about you, but I was in fucking shambles I was a wreck. for like 20 minutes. Yeah, I was a wreck. 20 minutes. Like again, spoilers for the Iron Claw. Like Jeremy Allen White going to the afterlife and oh getting to meet his brothers again and then meet a brother for the first time. I could not handle it at all. I was like scene a of the mess. year. Scene of the year. That and was that one movie, of the most that scene should not impactful. That should not work in a sports movie. And it did. Yeah. Yeah, that's hard to work in most movies. Like it's a, it's a, it's a real life. Okay, so this is where it differs, right? I we just talked about Oppenheimer and how I didn't connect with the historical biopic. This is essentially that. This is a historical biopic about a family of professional wrestlers. Yeah. Why this movie I think works so well for me is that it's all about these characters that you get endeared with in ten seconds. You like all these people except the father. I oh I, I was conflicted on worst the, sports dad ever. He's dude, worse than Thanos. Awful. That guy's a terrible, <laughs> terrible, but great performance. Villains, high evolutionary. <laughs> Fritz von Eric. Fritz von Eric. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's like uh, you care about all these brothers and about yeah. their passions and about the, they have wants and needs and it's like it made the whole movie just so like horrific like once you start realizing what's going on i was like oh my god i was like this is terrible i was like because i had heard about the von eric curse but i don't know where i had heard about that but i didn't know anything about the family and then it's like once things start happening and going bad it's like the second half of this movie is just like a roller coaster of awful emotions it's like Um, yeah you get like an hour in and then like maybe only one of the brothers has died and it's just like from there on out, it is a fucking gut punch after gut punch after gut punch. It's just brutal, brutal. The worst one being like being Michael. I think that's his name. Like the one who tears his shoulder and then has pretty much like a brain dif- dysfunction after a, a, ba- a botched surgery. Yeah, like the shock, image of him just trauma or something like that. Yeah, the image it. of him just swallowing the bottle of pills and then walking out into the field. I was like, this is like. Uh, like this is so cruel you know what i mean like just absolutely so sad and then like yeah jeremy allen white man what a fucking guy dude dude is so good so fucking i was so sad like both the saddest thing and the most beautiful thing i've seen is like him stepping out the door into the afterlife and looking down at his feet and then jumping and then i was like i can't talk about this anymore actually we got everyone (laughs) this is so good yeah, it was it was beautiful. I mean, it was it was awesome. The, the movie is so good. The performances are all great. It, I can't. Yeah. I it's going to be hard for me to want to rewatch this movie because it is so. <laughs> I don't think it's, it's so horrific. Um, yeah. But man, if it wasn't one of the best movies here, and honestly, it might jump up in my rankings because the top two I've been able to sit with for a lot longer. The Iron Claw I saw fucking yesterday. I know, um, but the more That's that how I, I feel about, about the it Iron too, Claw, the more I like really, it. I almost put it above my next movie but my next movie i think is is still better in my opinion but um yeah but i have yeah to... i don't i don't know if i could rewatch it but for i mean like a24 man just fucking killing they, it as always they know? just know they are so far they've made probably undisputed. one of the best sports movies ever yep definitely the best wrestling movie i've ever seen have you ever seen the wrestler with mickey rourke yeah okay yeah, yeah. i mean great movie heart this is like better <laughs> yeah um yeah. but uh, uh, two more special shout outs one is the sad shout out but it's the the most beautiful s- second scene of the movie is like the 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 jeremy allen white 
that whole moment of like the afterlife is a beautiful moment. It's well-directed. It's gorgeous. The music is great. The sound design, it's all perfect. Um, but the, the emotional climax of the very end of like Zac Efron talking to his two kids is like, holy fucking shit. Such a powerful moment. Like the, like the realization of like, you know, family can be what you like, what it is. And it's like, people will come. Yeah. yeah I, just a beautiful moment. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Really good. I was Go like, see the iron claw. Check it yeah, out. I was like in fucking tears, like watching that I shit, know. man. I, yeah. And then, and then, uh, the other shout out is, um, uh, I'm giving Zach's 2023 award for best use of Russia's Tom Sawyer in a movie was the montage of them listening to that and like working out. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, this is fucking hype. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I also wasn't a huge fan of the guy they got to play Ric Flair. I don't know how you felt about that. Yeah, he, he could have been a little bit better. He's okay. Yeah, he's just fine. Okay. That, that was my number. Awesome that was our number. He just like gives him the iron claw for like 20 minutes and then gets disqualified. <laughs> the guy's bleeding. Yeah. Good shit. Um, all right. So those are both our threes. So what's your number two? Wait, can I guess? Sure. I bet your number two is Barbie and your number one is Asteroid City. Was I right? Spoil it for everybody. Yeah. All right. What's my number two and my number one? Your number two is Barbie. Your number one is Guardians of the Galaxy. Fucking A, Cotton. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about Barbie then some more. Yeah. um, Most important movie of the 21st century, probably. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, maybe. I, I mean, again, we need a little bit of time to realize like what this movie did for culture. But I definitely think that this will be the movie that people remember from this year. Yeah. People say Tom Cruise saved movies, but I actually think Barbie saved movies. You know what I mean? Like Top Gun Maverick, obviously fantastic movie. This brought people out to the theaters along with the Eras tour in a way that I didn't think was possible anymore, which was really cool. Yeah. People came out to go see Top Gun Maverick because it was Tom Cruise in a in a movie and it was like COVID was kind of dwindling down and people were able to go out and feel comfortable. And that saved movies. It brought people back to the theater to see Tom Cruise do cool shit and make out with a hot chick and ride on a motorcycle. So hot. <laughs> the, Barbie brought people to the theaters to see a movie that I actually think is like really fucking well made and poignant and talks Very about important. a lot of yeah. important themes and uh, and has you know a, a real message to say for young people and and older people and like all audiences. I I really do think that Barbie is virtually a movie for everyone, which is shocking to say about a fucking Barbie movie about a doll, but it's like it's just a beautifully written directed movie. I think that it's. You know, it's an interesting thing to think about, like where it's going to do, how it's going to do awards season wise, because like it hasn't been talked about so much that it's kind of going to get the everything everywhere all at once treatment. Or is it going to kind of get snubbed like uh, like the Avengers Endgame treatment where it's like it doesn't get nominated for anything except for visual effects? (laughs) Yeah, I think Barbie's better than Endgame, but (laughs) we'll see what we'll see what the Academy says. Um I agree with everything that you said and what we've said before about this movie. Incredibly important message. Really like kind of dark when you think about what it's trying to tell you at first, but I love the resolution towards the end. And I think the the last moment before she gets like 
you know, becomes part of the real world is still just one of the most beautiful moments where it's like feel, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Nicole Kidman always says, we come to this place to feel and for magic, you know, <laughs> and how heartbreak feels good in a place like this. But Barbie was like one of like one of the times that I really felt that this year. And, and that's not even a movie. That, I wouldn't say that Barbie's not for me. I think you're right. It's for everybody. But I think it speaks even more importantly to a lot of other people um, in ways that you and I couldn't understand. Um, but I still like, I think that, like you said, this is the most palatable movie with a message this year. And it's also hilarious. Yes. The incredibly well-crafted Greta Gerwig is my director of the year. I don't know if they're going to give it to her because the Academy hates women, but (laughs) if she's not nominated, I'll be like absolutely floored. You know, I don't know if she'll win, but if she's left off that, that would be shocking. Um, Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. I, it is really going to be an interesting award season race, like I, where everybody lands, like all the politics. Like, I'm just very curious to see where it all shakes out. Yeah, for sure. But it's good. I mean, I've seen the movie twice now. Uh, it's great. It's fantastic. It's it's, it's really, really great. I think that, you know, I I think it'll age really well. I think it'll age with audiences pretty well. Like, I, I really can't see much of this movie being irrelevant or forgettable in the next five years like i actually think that you know in in 2029 when i when we do our retrospective oscars for 2023 or whatever i think like it will still be a movie that people talk about i here's the yeah the x factor is uh now the studio needs to be real fucking smart warner brothers needs to be real smart because they just they just uh they got the green light on the monopoly movie so that's happening um, but they're also doing a Mattel shared universe. That's the rumor is that there's going to be other Mattel toys that they're going to try to work into like a shared universe and make like movies on movies to, to combine them. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> don't tarnish. Don't, Barbie with, don't do tarnish that. Barbie with your greed. I would watch a Monopoly movie though. That isn't connected to this. You know what I mean? Like a Monopoly movie that has the same type of message as the fall of the house of Usher, which is just like, <laughs> Oh my God. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like Monopoly Shia LaBeouf by plays Mike, the Monopoly man or something. That'd be good. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So you already said my number one is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Just my favorite movie of the year. Do I think it's the best movie of the year? Probably not compared to the Iron Claw and Barbie in terms of craft. But it's fucking great. And uh, it's definitely the one that I've seen the most, which to me is like a good indicator that I should put it where it is. Well, you're at um, number seven. Watch it seven times, eight times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I started it at your house the other night too on New Year's Day for like an hour. But then Grayson was like, he's too fucking sad. Um it's too sad. Yeah, I mean, just you don't like I just can't even say anything else about it that I haven't already said on here like a million times. But really great performances, really like sad like experience that it puts you through in the middle of the movie with Rocket's origin that ends in such of like such a feels good capper to a trilogy and also like the best thing the MCU's done since Endgame, in my opinion. Yep. So yeah, I agree. I think that the movie is great. Um, I've seen it twice now. Um, but it's it's hard to watch. It it's like I mean, it ended up as my number four, like, um, but you know, in all the if 2023 was the year where people really like st- if Marvel started to show its cracks, like Guardians 3 is like the one outlier. And, yeah. and uh, 
you know, it's surrounded by so much trash. And I think that that's why people are like not going to like, unfortunately, I think hopefully Guardians 3 over time, people gain more of an appreciation for it. But 2023 was the year of people shitting on Marvel and mm-hmm. Guardians happened so early in the year that I feel like people have already kind of forgotten that that movie existed. Yeah. Um, but it really is such a special movie. I think that officially now the Guardians trilogy is like the best trilogy in the MCU. Like no contest. I think it, it, Cap is close because Winter Soldier and Civil War are so fucking good. But yeah, but that all three entries are like so fucking amazing. And unfortunately, Cap just has like I know you and I like the first Avenger, but isn't it? It's not as good as any of the Guardians movies. <laughs> no, it's not. But yeah, so. It, it, yeah. But that is the closest. That is the closest in proximity. And maybe the Spider-Man trilogy, actually. But that's a good. Yeah. Homecoming. So fucking good. Put that on the other night. <sighs> Jesus. Heaton. Yeah. Heaton. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, the Guardians trilogy is fantastic. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is the best Star Wars movie we've had since probably The Last Jedi. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, boy. Yeah, I said it. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I mean, this movie makes me laugh. It makes me cry. It is so James Gunny in a way that is, you know, really refreshing compared to a lot of the other MCU movies of late. Yeah. But it's also not fully unloaded to the point that the Suicide Squad is, which I still think is, you know, maybe better. Um, But yeah, dude, like, oh my God, it's so good. Push the Push the thing down but, and then... Push it down. Okay, now what? Open the fucking door. <laughs> Open the fucking door. Yeah, it, it's got a lot of great lines. The comedy's great. The action's great. The emotional Jacuti payoff Luigi's is great. The high evolutionary being the most sinister person in the MCU's history. Like, he's got a great performance. Like, every time I watch that movie, I get more. And I'm more invested in that dude as an actor. Like, that guy could have been a great um, Kang. Kang. <laughs> Good thing he doesn't, though. There is no God. That's why I stepped in. Like, he's just like, he's fucked. Absolutely fucked. He got what he deserved. Yeah. Great. And move. also, best use of um, No Sleep Till Brooklyn in a movie this year. No Sleep Till. Best fight scene in a movie this year, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. That hallway fight is legendary. Legendary. Best use of a dog in a movie this year. Cosmo. Cosmo. Mm-hmm. You do not really think I'm bad dog. <laughs> I think it's funny. I saw the cast again for Superman Legacy. I was like, Sean Gunn's going to be Max Lord, huh? We went from Pedro Pascal to Sean Gunn. <laughs> really funny. Really funny. I think it'll be good, though. I think so, too. Yeah. Slight slight DC Comics spoilers. It's going to be great when Wonder Woman snaps his neck. Oh, shit. Betraying the Justice League whenever that happens. He's better as the weasel. <laughs> it's, it's, it's harmless. He's a weasel. <laughs> <laughs> he murdered a whole truckload of kids, but you know, otherwise he's harmless. Uh, what? So talk about Asteroid City. Yeah, that's my number one. I I, I can't. I don't want to talk. I can't really say much more because I've talked about this movie ad nauseum. Uh, it's Wes Anderson back in the saddle. Um, after the French Dispatch which was like a disappointment for some Wes Anderson folks. Some people really didn't like French Dispatch. I love that movie, but I'm also a sucker. Wes Anderson is probably my favorite director. Um, Just such a creative style, breath of fresh air. I love his comedy. I love the drama. I love the emotional response he gets from his actors. Asteroid City is just 
beautiful in all respects. The set design's amazing. The creativity of just about everything in that movie is amazing. The the, the characters are awesome. I love what it has to say about self-reflection and what your purpose is. And um, it actually got a good performance out of Tom Hanks, which I thought was impossible because that guy sucks now. And uh, I thought... <laughs> Drive by on Tom Hanks. <laughs> Uh, Jason Schwartzman being the leading man is great because I love that guy and I'm just glad that he's, he's really good in Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, by the way. He's oh, the funniest part. Yeah. Oh, cool. He's the Stanley Tucci type role. In that movie. Oh, got it. Got like it, the television it. host. Yeah. Stanley Tucci. The Tucci. The Tucci Meister. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I can't really say much more about Asteroid City. Phenomenal soundtrack. One of the funniest. Still, it ha- holds the record of the hardest i've ever laughed in a theater uh in 2023 probably in the last decade but um there's a moment in the movie that just tickles my funny bone in a way that i can't even (laughs) tell you like nice so it's a great movie uh recommend everybody out there watch it uh it's still my favorite of the year but you know anything could change time time puts things in perspective always especially with movies you really start to realize what is actually something that you love versus something that you really loved at the time. So, or that you think you're supposed to love. Yeah, sure. And that's why my rankings of the MCU have changed so drastically over the years is because like when we first see these things, it's like, Oh, we're riding the hype. And then afterwards it's like, well, maybe Captain Marvel wasn't that great. <laughs> and then you, kinda, <laughs> you adjust your rankings a little bit, but yeah. Um, yeah. So that's it. Um, that's it for me. You remember when I was like, I almost watched Asteroid City on the plane and then I watched Wedding Crashers. <laughs> Thanks for still being my friend after that. Oh, it's okay. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm used to it. <laughs> I would have slept through it anyway. Oh, and don't even give me that shit. It took you like five years to watch The Irishman. So I'm fucking around. Yeah. Um, movies I missed. So a couple things that I really wanted to try and get to that um, I still haven't gotten to yet. Uh, Past Lives is the A24 romantic drama um, had a friend of mine tell me that it was the best movie he's seen this year. So I, that's going to be on my list. Um, Priscilla. Yeah. Same. That's can't believe list. I was so excited about it. Never saw it. Just yeah. got busy. Um, I want to see the maestro. Um, I want to see that too. It's on Netflix. I actually talked last night. I was playing some online chivalry with our friends, Lars, John Larson and Michael Richard. Uh, Larson actually saw maestro. Nice. He's a big coop fan. That yeah. doesn't surprise me. That's very cool. Also, I guess a big fan of Leonard Bernstein. So nice. Uh, but yeah, so there was that. And then poor things, the Emma Stone, Willem Dafoe, Mark Ruffalo. I, and I Aquaman. So Don't forget Aquaman. And Aquaman. <laughs> I wanted to see um, Maestro and I also want to see Wonka. Um, I don't think there's any major one that I missed, though. I might watch that Caitlin Deaver's horror movie you're talking about, though. That sounds pretty No cool. one will save you. It's fun. Yeah. Right. It's really fun. Right on. Well, the 2023 was a great year, man. It was. It was a great year. That's. I mean, that's a lot of content. I mean, you look at this page of, like, all the stuff that we listened to, watched, yeah. read, and this year, it's like, that's pretty fucking crazy. Um, But now yeah. it's time to turn our sights forward, you know? Like... Yeah. 2024 is upon us. Yeah. So... Yeah, uh, I wrote down a couple things. I didn't really order them, but what are what are your most anticipated things that you're looking for in 2024? Uh, I wrote down a couple things too. I'm going to limit myself to five just because okay. I'm getting hungry. Um, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, that's looking one. Looking forward for to me. that Memorial Day release. 
Um, I'm not looking forward to like the discourse around this, but I'm really curious to see what happens. Horizon and American Saga, which is Kevin Costner's two part Western that's coming out this year that he pretty much derailed the entire Yellowstone show for and refuses to come back to set because he wants to make this movie, which is like, I'm sure it's gonna be really cool. Like Kevin Costner directed Westerns are typically pretty awesome. But um, the thing that I'm not excited about, though, is it's about post-Civil War American West and there's no black people in the cast. So it seems like he's leaving out some parts of history there, which is a bummer. So Kevin Costner might get canceled this year, so that's a bummer. Um, uh, True Detective Night Country. That's on my list too. Um, Hope it's good. Hope I hope it's good good. too. I hope it's good too. I'm not convinced that the Bear 3, Daredevil, Born Again, and Penguin are coming out this year, so I'm not going to talk too much about those, but I am looking forward to that when that comes out. Um, and then the other thing that I'm looking forward to most is um, Gladiator 2. Mm. I got to know what's going on there. <laughs> it's been 24 years since the first Gladiator movie, yeah. and this ha- this is a direct sequel. Like there are char- There's cast members in it that were in the first one, like Jaiman Huntsu and Connie Nielsen. But obviously, you know, spoilers for a 25-year-old movie almost. Russell Crowe and Joaquin Phoenix are both dead by the end of the movie. So they've been replaced with Austin Butler, Denzel Washington, and Pedro Pascal. Fucking great cast. Sign me up. Sign me up. uh, That's like your Super Bowl. (laughs) I know. If Ben Affleck was the emperor, that'd be like like my my brain would explode. Yeah. Um, for me, I've got uh, True Detective was on my list. Um, I, I also put down Joker 2. I'm actually really excited. You, Lady Gaga musical, Joker, Batman. I don't know how you couldn't be excited I'm about intrigued. that. I'm intrigued. Um, I'm not excited based off of how the first Joker went. I think it's going to be brutal, but yeah, yeah, should be really hopefully well-crafted movie. Um, I wrote down Mickey 17, which is the follow-up to Parasite. Bong Joon-ho is doing Parasite, and it's got Robert Pattinson in it. I've um, heard of him, yeah. Really excited to see what that guy does after Parasite, because that was one of the best movies um, that I've seen in a long time. Um, so there's that. Alan Wake 2 is getting two packs of DLC that continues the story after where it finishes. And uh, I think they're both, like, I think they're $10 each or something like that, or you can buy them. Or they might be fifteen each, or that you can buy both pre-order for twenty. Um, so, nice. so I'm just excited for that. Like knowing that I'm going to get two separate little story content things over the course of the year, that makes me really excited. Um, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake Part Two that comes out in February. I'm excited to see that come to fruition. People have been talking about that forever. Uh, and then Dune Part Two. Um, yeah, we're finally going to get to see this thing. Uh see what happens there and then uh just i wrote this down it's super ambiguous star wars i'm just interested in what happens this year with star wars because yeah so the the only thing that really intrigues me more than most is um that outlaws game by ubisoft looks pretty cool Looks like a lot more my speed than Jedi stuff, which is like you're like a scummy type person traveling around the galaxy doing jobs. Like that sounds fun. But yeah, the shows coming out this year, I think is Bad Batch season three, which will be a very competently made animated show as most of those are. And then the Acolyte, which is new Star Wars property. Is the Skeleton Crew not happening? And Skeleton Crew. 
Yeah, which ties into the Mandoverse, which I'm completely uninterested in now. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, <laughs> but we'll it, see. You know? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like this is the space. year. This is the year that we get movie announcements. I think that they're going to announce God, movies this they year. Better. They better. They did. They announced movies this past year. Well, you now mean, like, we need dates. to start hearing more about them. Yeah, like, give me a teaser. Give me something casting. Talk to me. Talk, tell me something. What? What? Why do I need to be excited about the fa- future of Star Wars? I don't think they care what you think. They know that you, they know you'll watch. <laughs> I don't think they care what you think. Yeah, but I agree with you. I mean, like, we need to find out which one's coming first. Like, is it the Mangold movie? Is it the Ray movie? Or is it this Mando movie? Like, heir to the Empire. Yeah. What's the track? Lay it out for us. You know. Yep. Tell me what's going on. If Andor was coming out this year, that would have 100% been something that I listed. But season two of Andor is not coming out until 25 because of the fucking strikes. And they, I mean, the reason why that show is so good is that they make everything and it looks beautiful. But like now we have to wait longer for it. <sighs> oh, well. Um, the last thing is we're going to play a little game here. Uh, the Twitter account discussing film, which I follow for most of my news, breaking news information for movies and TV and film. Um, they tweeted out a horrifying post. In fact, the scariest thing I've ever seen in my entire life was this post. Um, John, there are a lot of movies celebrating important anniversaries happening in the year 2024. And I mean a lot. <laughs> and so we're going to play a game called stop me if you feel old okay okay so just say stop you can just say stop whenever you, or you can just go like uh or like uh <laughs> okay. okay got it um in 2024 the following movies celebrate their anniversaries up 15th anniversary saw 20th anniversary alien 45th anniversary didn't see it in the theaters, so yeah. it doesn't impact me. Avatar 15th anniversary. <laughs> Clerks 30th anniversary, which okay. adds cool. up because I'm as old as Clerks. Yeah. Um Speed 30th anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Tarzan, 25th anniversary. Oh god. <laughs> no. Shrek 2, 20th anniversary. Oh no. Batman 35th, uh, Gone Girl 10th anniversary. Whoa, really? Yep. Oh. Whiplash 10th anniversary. No, I feel old. Yeah. Uh, Gremlin, years. Gremlins 40th anniversary. Okay. It follows 10th anniversary. John Wick 10th anniversary. The wow. Mask 30th anniversary. The Mask. <laughs> Fight Club 25th anniversary. Okay. Watchmen 15th anniversary. I bet that one hit you like a shit ton of bricks. That's a tough one. Interstellar 10th anniversary. <laughs> Shark Tale 20th anniversary. Oh, I like Shark Tale. <laughs> this is a good year for me. Shrek 2 and Shark Tale. Mean Girls 20th anniversary. Yeah, that's why that new one's coming out, which is pretty funny. Toy Story 2 25th anniversary. Damn. Uh, Stuart Little 25th anniversary. <laughs> the Mummy 25th anniversary. Oh, damn. The Lion King, 30th anniversary. Wow, this is a good list. Spider-Man 2, 20th anniversary. 20 years. 
Spider-Man 2, 20 years. Sheesh. The Iron Giant 25-year anniversary. Well. Uh, the Lego movie, 10th anniversary. That hurts. <laughs> <laughs> the Incredibles 20th anniversary. Fantastic Mr. Fox, 15th anniversary. The Sixth Sense, 25th anniversary. Uh, the Wizard of Oz, celebrating its 85th anniversary, which is pretty crazy. Wow. Uh, National Treasure, 20th anniversary. 20 years. The Polar Express, 20th anniversary. Uh, Dead Poet Society, 35th anniversary. Gone with the Wind, 85th. The Godfather Part 2 celebrates its 50th anniversary this year. Uh, An immaculately conceived movie. Yep. The Phantom Menace, 25th anniversary. Fuck yeah. <laughs> uh, Guardians of the Galaxy celebrates its 10th anniversary this year. Wow. Yikes. Stop. <laughs> Stop. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> I know Stop. it's bad. The Grand Budapest Hotel celebrates its 10th anniversary. Wasn't that makes me feel old. Last year, last year was Iron Man and Dark Knight's 15th. That that, that, like that those were the two that hit me the hardest. Because those are like the first PG 13 movies I saw in theaters. Yikes. Uh yeah, a couple other ones on here. Shawshank Redemption celebrates its 30th this year. And uh Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom celebrates its 40th anniversary this year. Nice. I love that so, movie. Just think about that, though. That's a lot of important milestones for movies yeah. this year. And, yeah. and a lot of those make me feel downright terrible. Yeah. The Shrek 2 one hits pretty hard. <laughs> and the first Guardians being 10 years 10 old. 10 years old. Yikes. I was like, I was 20. That means Winter Soldier is also 10 years old. Good God. Jinkies. Well, that's fun. Thanks. So now we're looking ahead in optimism <laughs> in a brand new year. Uh, John, thank you so much for hanging with me tonight. Uh, did we have anything else that we needed to touch on or are we pretty much wrapped up? I think we're done. We're done, though. Well, it's been a good year filled with a lot of great stuff. Thank you for spending your year in review with me and uh, being on this pod. So um, here's to another good one. Here's to a good 2024. I agree. Filled with a lot of good shit. Um, we will start to feel the strikes a little bit th yes. towards the end of this year, but you know, there's still some things that are exciting coming around. Yeah. Yeah. We will see like gaps and stuff. I think we're going to have a kind of a dead zone here coming up. There's like a few months where there's really nothing happening. So we'll see how that, how that goes. But uh, thank you all for listening. If you made it this far, we appreciate you each and every one of you. You've helped make Radiovania's year really good too. We had 4,000 new listeners in 2023. Our, viewership like we skyrocketed on a bunch of different episodes our video viewership is up like people are you guys have been responsive with sending us questions thank you for the response on mask of the phantasm like y'all have been great we appreciate you each and every one of you um follow the show at radiovania radiovania.com at zachritello at Najathan parker john what was your favorite quote of 2023 mm, my favorite quote of 2023 that's tough so many good ones. There's a lot to pick from. Yeah. I think my favorite, it's a, it's a series of quotes, but my favorite, probably one of my favorite scenes in all of 2023. And the line goes as follows. Uh, on your word, Captain. Word. 
<laughs> it was just i think we all, we both just like <sighs> <laughs> just tired all right good night everybody bye <laughs>